Now ask yourself, what is this about? We're getting some color, and we're in the house. My name is Zach. That's Dubs. That's Chaz. We're all here to let you know. Playing no games. No jokes. We're kicking some butt. We're taking names, taking views. That's a fact. Getting some color is the ultimate act. <laughs> Guys, welcome to some more Getting Some Color, where we're going to review... We're on a mission! Okay. Yeah, we're on a mission. <laughs> a mission from God. We're on a mission! <laughs> Not a mission from God. That was the other night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Welcome to getting. Kind of so- fucked that up a little bit, but whatever. <laughs> I I truly thought you were gonna go with the Bobby Heenan where where he just fucking went off when like uh, uh, Crush is like dying and shit. He's like blaming shit on Lex Luger. <laughs> no, like he deserves to die. This is Lex's fault. This is all Lex's fault that he's fucking dying. <laughs> No, men on a mission start. They started doing men on a mission promos, and I was like, "Yes, I love this. This is peak early '90s." Fucking love Mabel, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh, viscera. Oh man. But anyway, we are here with more getting some color. Uh, we're going to be reviewing Double the Raw. Um, getting all sexual with you guys, Double Raw. Uh, and we're that is July fifth and July twelfth of nineteen ninety three. Uh, so before we get into raw. Uh, we're going to do some news, uh, in the wrestling world. Uh, I'm going to let you take away this Chaz big cast. I've been hearing about rumors of him coming to AEW. What did you hear about that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, nothing is, I think officially been confirmed. Um, kind of ties into the episode of dynamite last night. So, um, progressing the story forward between MGF and Wardlow, uh, Wardlow, of course, uh, fought in, and defeated Lance Archer uh, pretty decisively. Uh, of course, it's just tying into that further narrative where MJF is putting up each obstacle that's larger and larger in front of Wardlow, and Wardlow keeps knocking them down. So after that match, later on, uh, MJF cuts the backstage promo where he's angry, and he's like, don't worry, the next person he has is even larger than uh, and more violent than Lance Archer. And he goes on and on about how, how much better he's going to be. And he says he has something. And the tagline at the very end is what, what has everyone talking. He said, and you can't teach that. So uh, that's literally what all this is based on is is that. But, uh, but yeah, it looks like Big Cass, also now known in um, Impact Wrestling, is W. Morrissey is going to be coming to AEW. Not sure if it's going to be just a, a one-time thing or if he's going to have uh, more than just a one match. Uh, presumably it'll just be a one-time thing with potential for him to show up later on in the future. But yeah, we'll like to see kind of exciting. Uh, I, my thing with, uh, Kaz is that he's an okay wrestler. Um, he's a big guy. I think you could teach a big guy, uh, especially when you have the big show and Mark Henry in there to probably teach yeah, him. Hey, when they're seven foot tall, you can't teach that. Yes. But I also think <laughs> that he needs, like, when he was in the WWE, he needed Enzo. Because if you ever heard a fucking Big Cass talk, he can't do mm-hmm. a, a solo run. Because he's like, yo, hello, my name is Big Cass, and uh, I'm going to put a boot in your face. Big Cass. <laughs> like, it's like, that's how he talks. He's just a straight up New Yorker and... He, I was, he was Billy Gunn in the in that uh, arrangement. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> now, to be fair, 
you know, he, he had he had a lot of uh, issues, which I think that's what caused some of the problems he had in WWE. He had a lot of issues with substance use, alcoholism. He, he's since then gotten clean. He's been very outspoken about some of the issues he faced with depression as well, mm. which is kind of cool. Like he does a, a lot of um, a lot of work now to uh, and charity work to try to contribute to for others that are having similar problems with substance use and, and depression, um, which I think is really neat. Uh the thing I always thought, again, he, it's that classic trope of you had, you had this dynamic of someone who could speak very well. Like Enzo, like, at the time he was in WWE, there was not anyone that was going to out-promo him. And then Cass was a big guy. He had a good look, but he was still fairly green in the ring. I feel like they pushed him up a little too early, to be honest, at NXT, which is part of the reason they, they messed up their, uh, their push. Uh, it doesn't help that... Uh, Enzo nearly got beheaded by the uh, the rope the one time and got a terrible concussion. That's kind of what led to their downward spiral. But God, uh, I that's neither here nor there. That was rough. That's literally when everything just went out of control for them. It really like, did. Once he came back, it, it just didn't go well. But who uh, have, nevertheless, who ever thought Carmella would have outlasted the both of them? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, you go back and watch the uh, the NXT stuff, and you see the predictions or comments online about how awful Carmella is and how she's gonna like they're gonna outlast them, whatever. It that age like milk, but um, hmm. but anyway, since he has gotten cleaned up, I don't know if you've had a chance to check out any of his stuff on Impact. Uh, again, it, Impact's not. I mean, it's a B show. It's not competing with WWE or AEW by any means, but there's still some really good quality stuff on there. Um, I've had a chance to watch a few of his matches. Um, since he's come back and, and he looks good, like he's in good shape. His movement seems smoother. I think it's again, he's had more time to actually figure out how to move in the ring. So to me, he looks better. Like if this is the the big cast that he would have been in WWE at the time, I feel like he would have went. He, he they could have pushed him to the top. Like honestly, he he could not that he needed to hold the title, but he definitely could have been in the picture of. Uh, you know, kind of filling that role as Kane or Big Show, just that big guy, just that that uh, they need to overcome. So, um, I'm interested to see how he does uh, on AEW. Um, I do agree with you. The one thing is still his, his promo game still not the best. So, but you can put someone behind him. I mean, and again, this is a one-time thing, so I don't think there's any worry about that anyway. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, uh, did you want me to move on and talk more about? some of the other things that happened on AEW, just highlights and stuff. Yeah, just, uh, I, I, I saw you, uh, well, I'm starting to talk like big cast now. I saw you, uh, <laughs> uh, in the chat on Facebook talk about like the death triangle is gone. And you said, thank God. I was like, and I said in my mind while I was watching Star Trek was thank God. <laughs> I was like, thank God. No more, no more of the count. Tractor, uh, whatever Martinez guy. Oh uh, yeah, so um, yeah, so kind of to start to finish, I'm probably gonna skip around and miss stuff. Uh, FTR opened the show, facing each other. Awesome match. There were several callbacks, um, within the match itself to the matches that Brett and Owen had through the years. There's also a callback to a Brett and Bulldog uh, match. I don't think it's their uh. It's not their match that they had at SummerSlam. I think it's the follow-up match they had later on. Um, I can't remember what pay-per-view or if it was just on Raw, but um, but that was a 
several callbacks to that, and the match was great. Uh, there was uh, they're they're over as hell. The the fans were just eating it up. Uh, I would definitely recommend going back and watching as far as a wrestling match goes. It was really solid. Um, this match of the night for sure. Um, afterward, CM Punk uh, came out. Uh, well, CM Punk actually did commentary. I guess I should start with that. Um, started did the commentary for the FTR match, um, and then uh, afterwards they announced that he is officially challenging Hangman Page, and he cut a promo that still you know kept him babyface. I do love the subtle nod that he called out that everyone he's worked with in the back he appreciates the work they've done all except for Eddie Kingston. So he's still keeping this whole thing alive where even though he's a face, he still has a huge beef with Eddie Kingston because if if they're setting that up so that Punk takes that title from him and either Punk goes heel or, you know, whatever down the road and Eddie Kingston somehow has a chance to get that, that's like the roof is going to blow off of the, the arena they're in when that happens. But nevertheless, um, uh, the promo was decent. There was actually a report. Co- uh, Hangman Page actually has COVID right now, and there was a last-minute change on the show. Um uh, I'm assuming that means that they're they were probably going to have him have a bit to talk as well, but of course that didn't happen, so uh, that got cut. Um, let's see other things of relevance. Uh, we already talked about the the Warblow stuff and MJF. Um, TNT title. Uh, oh yeah, that's main event. We'll get we'll get to that. Uh, Deeb and Hikaru uh, Shida had the street fight match. I I mean it was it was fine to watch. I, I feel like there's a, a growing problem. Well, it's just it's really an ongoing problem. Women's matches are very stagnant in AEW right now, and this one wasn't even relegated to that like match before the main event. This was actually given a lot of time, and their match was actually pretty good. But the crowd is just like crowd was not very into it until they were taking really brutal shots. It feels like basically the crowd's only into a women's match if either a it has Britt Baker. B, it has Jade Cargill, or C, the women are trying to kill each other. That's pretty much the only three things. Like Thunder Rosa, even like she gets some cheers, but it's not as, it doesn't seem like it's as hot. So um, I felt bad for their match. Oddly enough, uh, Deeb actually went over, um, sure. like banged up uh, Cheetah's leg and then put her in uh, the Texas Clover Leaf and finished the match with that, which uh, I'm a big fan of. I'm, I like that the Clover Leaf's closing matches. That's uh, sorry to interrupt, but that's where the booking kind of gets a little. Because if if you watch, you know, all the other side channels, the YouTube fucking uh, AEW stuff, you would see that Serena Deeb was doing that cha- challenge thing that she was doing, where she was owning mm-hmm. all the jobbers. So that shit mm-hmm. should have been on dynamite, um, showing the crowd like, oh, this is a badass, and then she calls out Sheeta, like they were doing that on. Things that, and I get it, they have their hardcore people watching that, but you have the people that are watching on network TV going, who the fuck is this skinny bitch fighting this Asian? Like, literally, it, like, as as harsh as that sounds, that's how it looks to people that are tuning in, because nobody's watching well, the YouTube stuff. So, I, I'll defend that to a point, because, uh, what again, there is one fault of okay, they have their YouTube channel shows, and if you're not tuning in all of that content, there are smaller things you miss, and AEW is bad for not 
covering or carrying over some story, like they'll either briefly mention it and it's one of those things if you blink, you miss it, or they just don't mention it at all and they drop it in. Mm. That being said, they were building that the whole thing with Deeb and the uh, professor of wrestling um, where she's taking on people as like the professor's challenge, but they actually were building that on, on dynamite. Like that actually the way it debuted was on dynamite and they were doing it there and they did a few on rampage. Like I only, I only watched dynamite rampage. I don't watch any of the other stuff, but mm. even with that, I was able to follow it. It's one of those things. If you are consistently watching it, you'll, you'll get those. But um, even then they only did it like, four or five times and yeah. then i think the latest time that's when uh sheeta actually attacked deeb and that's how the challenge happened to get the, the blow off match mm. but uh that being said like they didn't talk about how deeb's been on a tear doing that like nine ten times over on on dark and i think that's one of those things they could really lend themselves to help with or like how uh, later which i'm going to bring up the uh the tnt title match for instance um, they already have someone set up to take on the the champion uh, either next week or the week after because that person's been on a tear on dark, but they don't mention any of that. They don't mention this person's got like 12 wins. They're like, oh, this person's undefeated and has 12 wins this year or, or you know, it was 12 and one this year, but all of his wins have been on dark against either jobbers or, you know, people that are still in development. So they they don't lend themselves any favors by not – and again, it doesn't take much to show a little clip, you know. Yeah. But, uh, why why don't really they doesn't. take advantage of that? Make like a supercut. Be like, I don't know. I, I, they do it, professor, and it just shows her beating like fucking ten girls in like thirty seconds or something. <laughs> or so it's weird. They they do, but they don't because they'll they've given her a couple times where they've done promos like that. She'll talk and they'll show little snippets, but they don't actually explain what those cuts are from. They just talk yeah. about it and leave it. Like no one actually is explaining. Oh, well, she's been doing this, and I think that's where it gets lost. And mm. if, again, unless you're watching it, you your eyes are glued to the screen every second. Like you're still missing some stuff anyway, but you're gonna miss all of it if you don't like watch everything. Like it's just one of those things you have to pay attention to. And that's again, it's it's a harder thing to fix. But I, I don't know. I'd I'd like to see them do that uh, where they they show cuts and actually explain it. It's what your commentary's for. Yeah. That- yeah. That that's why like I kind of wish they take a, a cut from the old school. Like look at the episode that we're gonna be recover, uh, covering. That shit mm-hmm. happened on a Sunday, and and like they explained what was going on. They had like actual commentary there, but I think they should have where, hey, this is what's happening in dark. Check out this guy, and they do like a highlight thing. What you see on Twitter and YouTube, you would put that in the show. Because then the audience at home and also people there be like, oh, look at this wrestler that's being showcased that I maybe I should go watch their YouTube stuff and then come back to Dynamite for next week to see this match. Like you get interest. You can get interest that way. But instead, they Mm -hmm. they build these superstars, which in a sense, they're kind of doing it right and have them go for that TNT title because in my mind, it's like the one, two, three kid. You're trying to catch that lightning in a bottle moment kind of thing with these mm-hmm. with these new stars. While you have the veterans who are uh, or the the stars and the veterans that are holding the title. Like if someone like Miro's there and he's holding the title, and then you have this up and comer come up and win the title, and you're just like, whoa, they beat Miro. Who the fuck is this guy? Like that stuff mm-hmm. can happen where it's good but then 
also hurt them in a way because you're not showcasing them really well. And that's why mm -hmm. you should have the highlights within the episode of Dark. Yeah, I I will die on certain hills when you can try to compare AEW to, to WWE because there's so many things that AEW is doing in the right way. Mm. But one of the things they are still so far behind, their, their ability to produce, like the production is so far behind. And again, it's just because WWE has been around for so long and it's a well-oiled machine and they've got all the, the money put in the right places there. I think that for AEW, they're still trying to figure out some of that. And that really hurts them in these spots, like you said. Like, it's, it's funny, like the opposite happens in WWE, right? You get beat to death by the information. Like Michael Cole will say the same thing eight goddamn times. And then you're like, well, okay, we get it. We heard that. So, like, you, you get the information, but it's then overblown. So there's a balance between the two, but, like, bar none. Like, if you want to know what's going on, it's very – not even saying that to, like, say that the stories or anything are bad. Completely irrespective of, of what the story or plot line is in WWE, it, let's say it's the best thing – or hottest thing in wrestling today, well, or it's more complicated or something. They will have some type of pre-show – uh, production clip to explain very well what is going on and I, I feel like that's and they're good at that consistently I think AEW is still really behind on that I will say the pre-show or like the pre-pay-per-view shows they do they do a really good job of setting things up on those but again you, that's something it's great to have if someone's not watching right then and there who hasn't been following it but they're not really good, like you said, at picking up those up-and-comers that are, are getting some time on Dynamite, but then sometime on Dark. They, the crossover is really weird. So, I don't know. I don't want to spend our whole podcast talking about all this. Uh, but uh, but anyway, the... Uh, main event? Uh, main Well, I want to just bring out your favorite wrestlers. I want to talk about the Young Bucks. Uh, <laughs> they, they had their match with... Uh, with uh, with Cole and Red Dragon, they formed what's called the Undisputed Elite, <sighs> uh, which is funny. I the only thing I I mean this match was fine, no big deal. It, it was a fine match. Uh, the only thing I really enjoyed is at the very end they finally got the Young Bucks to put on the shirts, and they had they all have the Undisputed Elite shirts on, and they all posed, and they looked like the Ginyu Force, which to me is just fucking hilarious. They look goofy as fuck. <laughs> um, so I I don't know. I enjoy that. I think that hammy shit's great. I've also just started rewatching through dragon ball super so seeing that anyway is just kind of funny the stupid pose but um i mean nothing really there uh oh yeah blackpool combat club had a match uh they they beat the hell out of uh the uh the factory um i can't remember the uh what's the guys the qt marshall and his guys they, they beat the hell out of them solo yeah camarado captain caveman uh Comerado. they beat the hell out of him uh <laughs> Which was nice because uh, Yuta is over as hell, but also he was in his hometown, so he got a nice hometown win. He got the, the W. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, in the main event, um, Sammy Guevara versus uh, defending against uh, Scorpio Sky in that ladder match. It was a good match. Uh, some good spots. They still did some of the same hokey stuff where you take a blistering spot and you're like, oh, man, that's rough. And then Sammy's immediately up after he sells like he died which makes no sense. Um, and he's like overselling the, like the immediate, like in the moment, but then like within two seconds of that goes back to just moving very quickly. So it doesn't make any sense. 
I saw um, a spot that looked like he didn't have a choice but to stay down after he he missed. He pretty oh god. Yeah, you talking about, are you talking about the flip, the one off the the ladder where he basically just barely catches him and he just yeah, lands on his own. He yeah. did like a weird imploding fucking phoenix splash or whatever and fucking missed mm-hmm. him and he like landed directly on his hip and just like kind of laid there. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. to feel it now. <laughs> they called a commercial break at the perfect time for that because I think they went to break after with the picture in picture when that happened. But uh, but yeah, that that looks rough. I mean, it's good for for Sky to try to still make sure to sell it well enough so it looks like he got caught by like a graze where he's kicking the head. Yeah, kind of sell it, but yeah, he he totally missed it. Um, so I mean, it was a fine match. Scorpio went over. Um, as long as they don't get into the habit of doing the back and forth, which I trust the process there, they've not done that a lot with their titles. They don't just throw them around everywhere. Um, I, then I think I'm okay with this. I have a theory. But... I I I think they weren't ready for. Sammy and Tay Conte to be heels, and because of all the fucking outrage that they just fucking hate Tay Conte because of the whole divorce thing, mm-hmm. um, they were just like, "Oh shit, we have to change up the story," and that's why I think they played hot potato with the titles because they're just like, "Oh man, <laughs> like let let let's put the title on the face," and they had did uh Scorpio Sky and that team are they? tweeners are they still heels what are they you know it's weird because so everyone's still fine with dan lambert getting his ass beat like they laughed dan dan lambert got kicked in the balls by sammy in the within the match and people still cheered for it but then when sammy tried to eat up the the cheering they then booed him so like it's weird like they were they cheered and booed immediately but also the week prior they where they cut a promo you know, people were cheering for Dan Lambert, so they're they're in a weird tweener spot. The person that's really over in that group is Ethan Page. Yeah. It's really it sucks because, I mean, Scorpio is a good wrestler, um, but he's they need playing. to get a title on Page. They yeah, yeah exactly. He's just kind of there. Like they need to get a, a title on Page as soon as possible. Because Vance kind of over too, despite not really doing anything. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know how I feel about any of that because yeah. they they had her come in too. There was a spot they did this weird spot where like they played chicken basically, like someone gr- climbed on um each other's shoulders. Like I think uh, Tayconti was on Scorpio's shoulders trying to keep him from climbing the ladder, and Van Zant was doing the same thing to Sammy, and it just looked kind of clunky. And then the girls were fighting each other, and they they did this thing where they tried to kick each other at the same time. And it looked really weird. I don't know if it was the camera angle, maybe um, that just made it look kind of odd, but it, it just looked weird. I don't, I don't know. I, it just seems kind of off. Like I, I think that <laughs> it does like the best thing about their entire group is, is Paige, and he's over as hell. Like when he gets on a mic and starts screaming, like people love it. And He's also really good in the ring. Like he's got a good look. He's pretty solid. He wrestle well. Yeah, exactly. They they really need to build something around him. I'm hopeful that that's where they might go. Um, it was inevitable that Paige and and Scorpio wouldn't be to, like together very long. And I still think that faction like it's still more leaning toward the heel sense. So you could even do a thing with I think uh, Scorpio like reunited with Frankie SCU or something. Yeah, I think SCU is coming back. I think that's why we saw Frankie come in. 
And I think that's mm -hmm. where the storyline is being changed because I think Dan Lambert and Ethan Page are going to have a heel run. Uh, and then Scorpio Sky is going to join up with Frankie uh, for SCU and do like they're going to be faces again. Because mm -hmm. even though their promos is to like say your town is shitty, uh, which is hilarious, I, I really want that back. But like you can still have that tweener be like, this is the worst place I've ever been, but I'm glad I'm here <laughs> with my friend Frankie. I don't know. Something along kind of over in that. <laughs> SCU group at least it's like without Scorpio with that is just kind of there <laughs> yeah it yeah it, I oh go ahead I was just gonna say quickly like I think they I think they you guys are right they found they struck gold with Ethan Page and I think that's why they're turning the story around and then like Scorpio's kind of, I mean let's face it the Scorpio's guy is good but he's not good at, at, as a title runner or anything a solo person he's not interesting mm -hmm. unless I've he's heard it's funny i've heard that the reason why they did all this with him was because he's they like him a lot backstage mm -hmm. he's very well liked by everybody backstage well and... he's a veteran he's a long vet he's a long time veteran i mean he's a, he's a coach and trainer to some of the younger guys too um, and, and people say backstage, he's hilarious he has this huge personality and shit, but for some reason he just he can't bring it out on TV. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, he tried once. Do you remember when they first turned him heel? But this is well, well before like Dan Lambert joined him. But he they like put him on commentary and let him talk, and he sounded like a jackass, and not in the way that oh he's trying to get heat. It's like man, please stop. You're embarrassing yourself. It was bad. Cringe. Uh, yeah, it was very cringe. Um. I could almost see a thing, and what I'm worried about too is they may put him with SCU and all that, but I actually think it might be better to break Ethan Page off because Ethan Page doesn't need anyone to talk for him. He doesn't no. need Dan Lambert. Like yeah. Sky needs someone to help talk, like to assist him. So I actually think it'd be better if something happened where their group implodes and Page is the odd man out, and he's the one that goes on the the quest and on his own because he he can do everything by himself. Like he's he's a total package. Like he really is like, uh, hopefully they see that and they move forward with it. Um, but that being said, uh, to close out the show though, um, Frankie Kazarian did come out, uh, kind of stared down Scorpio that ties into the previous week. Kazarian was actually calling out Sammy and that the, it was kind of the start of Scorpio's like weird tweener face turn promo where he asked his friend and say, Hey, I'm, I've been there for you. You've been there for me. We're brothers. I need you to do me a favor. I need my, my title rematch. When I get my title back, you're the first one to get a title shot. So he basically set up that if he beat Sammy, the very first person to challenge would be Frankie. And that's kind of where they left off at the end of the episode. Do you remember Fr Frankie's fucking gimmick where he was just like assassinating all elite members? And shit? Oh, you mean when he would turn? You mean the Brandon Cutler hunter? That's what he was. Yeah. He'd come out and run out in a hoodie and he'd beat everyone up, but eventually the only one he would murder was Brandon Cutler. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, it felt flat too. I feel bad for him too, because he say that's another person that's done a shit ton of stuff. Um, like what was he what was the uh the guy from TNA? So the, the masked guy, uh suicide, is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Kazarian was suicide at one point. Um he's again he's been wrestling for forever too. Yeah, Kazarian's um, been tag teams, he's been a singles guy, he was a suicide, he was a, a elite hunter, he was <laughs> 
wouldn't count that one. I will I'm say he is really funny. I it won't, I haven't been keeping up with it for a long time, but I used to watch like the Being the Elite show, like um, way back whenever like we were deep in the funk of uh, of COVID and, and lockdown and stuff. And they let him cut bits on there, and he's fucking hilarious. He was in this thing where he's like this anger management guy, and he get pissed off, and he would go on these rants. And I I think it's all unscripted. Like he would literally just say whatever, and some of the shit he said was so funny. He's a, he's a funny ass guy. Um, but he's it's kind of like Sky. It just does not translate over to being on network TV. I, I get it. Like I like to consider that I overall I'm I'm kind of funny. I, I have all the faith in the world that if I got on on live television, I would look like a complete dumbass trying to say anything relevant. So, yeah. <laughs> like just being honest, like I get it. So it's easy for me to be the 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 backseat driver and talk about it. But. Well, I'm not. I'm completely confident. Yeah, you completely confident you'd fuck it up. <laughs> no, I'm completely confident I'd do better than both of them. Oh, you are. I, yeah. I mean, you you got some pretty mean promos. You got there with your men on a mission rap. I don't know. We might have something. <laughs> I was thinking about like doing the Bobby Heenan thing. I was like, how, man, how how do I put this? Like, would getting some color be Yokozuna <laughs> or something like that? <laughs> See, that's where you got to get creative. You got to figure out how to do the plug. Yeah, mm-hmm. gotta... we're, we're gonna talk a lot about. Bobby the Brain Heenan, because as much as he he uh, he dissed my my race of people, I I laughed till I cried listening to some of the shit he was saying on these shows. But we'll <laughs> get we'll get to that. It's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all I had for for AEW. Um, they they had some matches they set up. I don't even fucking remember. So we'll just we'll cover that another time. Yeah. Uh, I I quickly want to bring up Matt Cardona because like he's tried to push this idea of making an NWA pay per view after his name, and he wants to change the title of the uh, NWA World Heavyweight Championship to the Matt Cardona World <laughs> uh, Wrestling <laughs> Alliance uh, Championship. So it's interesting that like Matt Cardona is like big in NWA. It's, uh... it's, I kind of get how it works because it's like, why the fuck is Matt Cardona the main eventer in, in NWA right now? Why is he the world champion? Why is he getting this huge push? It's like that's the whole thing is he doesn't fucking deserve it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just they're just rutted with it. I don't know if that's his idea or if that's Billy Corgan's idea. Like whatever. But outside of main like mainstream wrestling, like outside of just like you know your your big companies, like Matt Cardona is crushing it right now. He, kind of he is, is actually. he like there and his Twitter game's hilarious. Like he's all over that, but he, the guy like keeps telling people, "Stop booking me for title matches. I'm tired of going to your shit indie shows in the middle of bumfucked Egypt and taking your titles." And he's got duffel bags full of these belts that he's won off of these <laughs> random indie companies. It's fucking great. Um, he like had a thing about he did a video where he couldn't get into the airport because they wouldn't take his baggage because he had too many belts. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty fucking great stuff. Uh, he also cut a promo about how he was the better champion for NWA. This is a while ago, but uh, um, I listened to a podcast whenever I was playing through Elden Ring, and he cut a promo about how after he beat Trevor Murdoch, he was like, yeah, well, I'm a fighting champion. Billy Corgan's lucky that he has me out here. I might not be the champion he wanted, but I'm, I'm goddamn it, I'm the champion he deserves. <laughs> because I'm going out here every day. I'm going everywhere. You know, I'm not sitting at home with my fat ass talking about how my family – 
uh, heritage is the reason why I won this title. Instead, I'm out here going to every show, every city. I'm showing that title off. I'm, I'm taking it with me. I'm going to Disney World with that title. People see it, and they know what it is. You know who fucking knows about NWA right now? Nobody until I won the title. Like, he's doing that shit, and it's great. Mm. Yeah, no, it's I, I've been happy with it. I, I hadn't brought it up, but he's he's my favorite thing going in wrestling outside of uh, just, like, their mainstream stuff. He's on fire. Yeah, I... <laughs> Listen, I like Nick Aldis, but, like, every time he had the belt, I'm like, all right, like, I'm tired. Like, he's good, but I'm tired of him being champ. He's like, he was the John Cena of NWA for a while, uh, Nick Aldis. Like, he dropped mm-hmm. the title for Cody because, you know, the moment. Uh, and then, you know, he won it back, and then he had that streak. And then Trevor, when Trevor Murdoch won, that shit was fucking cool. And then, like, Ric Flair mm-hmm. came in and did the speech and everything. That was cool, mm-hmm. but... Matt Cardona, man, props, man. Because, again, this is a guy who was in the WWE who made it on his own with his fucking YouTube channel, then got the um, United States Championship uh, title, and then it's, like, done. Because <laughs> it's... He buried the fuck out of him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Remember he won the... Uh, then he won the IC title at WrestleMania? He yeah. Won was... the ladder match, and then lost it the next fucking night to The Miz? Yeah, and then, and then straight just dead after that. Now, and again, we're talking about the NWA stuff. Well, I mean, what was it? Not even a year ago, he was the GCW. He was the Deathmatch King. He won the Death. He would. He beat Nick Gage in a Deathmatch to win the title. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? Um, and he had people throwing pizza cutters and shit at him. Yeah. That. Oh man, man he's he's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. He's done work. He's worked in AEW. He's done Impact. He's he's everywhere, man. He's hustling. Yeah, so I guess we'll see with Matt Cardona. Um, Zach, did you have anything you wanted to bring up? No. Nothing newsworthy happened, in my opinion. Besides the r- ropes break, but whatever. Besides the rope break, and people still want to give Vince Russo oxygen for some reason. So. <laughs> well, let's, well, let's not go there. <laughs> no, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> No, we we don't. He has enough oxygen. We don't need to give him anymore. Bro, no. yeah, bro. Um, he should keep, keep his pays about cosplaying to himself. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, time so time for some WWF Raw, uh, July fifth, nineteen ninety three. We have Vince yeah. McMahon, Macho Man Randy Savage, the Patriot. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Patriot Savage. Yeah. Wow. And Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh, they, uh, they started off with the Star and Stripes challenge, uh, to slam Yokozuna on the Intrepid. Have you ever been in the Intrepid in, uh, New York City, any of you? I have not. Nope. It, it's exactly what you saw on the... <laughs> it must have been kind of cool to go to, though. I mean, it's like, oh man, there's a wrestling event on an aircraft carrier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am pretty neat. I was just thinking about that. I was like, that'd be kind of neat to go to, really. Yeah, I like. I got like, uh, what do you call it? Memories from going the Intrepid for school, uh, fucking trips and shit. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, the Intrepid, and like seeing the wrestling ring on top of a fucking uh, aircraft aircraft carrier was cool. And just Yoko's gonna sit in there, and then uh, eating a big bowl of rice. <laughs> he had to refuel. He, he burned up all the energy. What is he doing? He's eating rice. <laughs> Thor made a comment about how he didn't have the decency to use a spoon while in America or something. 
I think that was maybe Heenan. I can't remember this. It's, oh, man. It was really good. It was like between when people were trying to pick him up too, right? Like a couple people tried to pick him up and he was like, no, no. And then he went back and ate more rice. Yep. Yeah, it was like what? There was like a fucking basketball player, I think, and maybe like a football dude. A hockey player was there too. Yeah, hey, that, that one basketball player got booed the fuck out of there whenever he like went up and was like, nah, man, I ain't even trying. People were booing the hell out of him he, for not even trying. I haven't. He betrayed America. <laughs> I have a theory. I like because when you were watching other people slam, you, you put your arm like near his fucking balls and you have to hold his crack of his ass. I think he he thought about that. Like, yeah, I'm not I'm, like not, you know, hey, if you're into that stuff, but like him, he was probably like, nah, I don't want to be gay. And he like walked away. I think that's that's what he thought, I think. Or he was like, no, nah, I can't lift this fucking fat man. <laughs> it might be both of the options. <laughs> uh, he, he worked himself into a shoot because if he thought anything about how dumb he would look trying to do it or if he looked stupid, he looked way dumber going in there and be like, no, nah, I'm good. Like he's, he's taller than Yokozuna. So he like looked down at him and was like, no, I can't pick him up and walked out. So he looked like a dumbass. And then everyone booed him and he's left. But uh, but yeah, no, it was it was pretty funny to, yeah, to think, watch. Uh... I think Scott Steiner came out and tried, and then you know, Tataka, yeah. and I think Macho Crush, Man, and then Macho Man. Oh, let's not forget. There's one. I don't know what you guys think about this. I might have hallucinated it, but the there was a guy, a football player, that picked him up. I think the guy was gonna shoot, actually slam him, and you could see both the ref and Yokozuna like push him off, like no, no, no. And the guy kind of walked off kind of pissed. I, it was like the guy from the Green Bay Packers or something, I think. Mm-hmm. Or Detroit Lions. <laughs> no, he he legit like he was the first person. He immediately lifted the uh, Yokozuna's leg up. And you're like, oh shit, he he might do this. And then you could see how everyone kind of rushed in to stop him. Like, nope, you're not gonna blow this for us because <laughs> that'd have been fucking funny if someone done that and was like, well, too late. You what? You got it on camera. This happened. Well, I guess Lex Luger's push is dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh i guess who's gonna be the next hulk what are we gonna do yeah i i have to admit like i knew lex express was coming but at the same time i'm like i am a real american like i kept on thinking that hulk hogan was gonna come out because like you would think like hulk hogan man america and like this is a this is a hulk hogan tailor made moment but mm. he's done brother mm-hmm. he's not yeah. the Hulk three he once was either he shrank that was- I mean, that was so three months ago, was, right? Yeah. It was three months ago when he did that exact thing. So it's like, eh, that's old news. This is fine. They could have done this with him maybe like three years ago or so, but not now. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if he went off the gas. Right. Yeah, this is looks, right when the, the trial and stuff happened. So He looks so weird when he, sh- when he shrinks. Like uh, Somehow, like in my viewership of wrestling from back then, Mm-hmm. I missed when Hogan was on TV because he was mostly off TV back then. Uh, so, like, I only ever saw Hogan when he was big and then he, and when he was in WCW and he got back on the gas when he was Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's this gap where he just looks so fucking strangely small and I'm just not used to seeing it. It's weird, right? So, yeah. I have a theory behind why that looks so odd, too. Have you ever, have you ever seen how they make sausage? Or yeah. have you ever put yeah. sausage in a casing? Yeah. Have you ever seen someone try to put sausage in a casing but not fill it up all the way? Yeah. Hot dog hot dog leather looks weird when it's not full. It's gotta be pumped full of that meat. So 
That's exactly why he looks weird because his his little flabby arms just it looked really weird when they're not full of the juice. There you go. Looks he looks less significant. He looks he looks less Hulkamania when fucking Macho Man punches him in the face and he has a black eye during WrestleMania. (laughs) Probably, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like Macho Man tries and he can't do it. He wants to try one more time, damn it, but they don't let him. Mm-hmm. And uh, then a helicopter flies in, and it's Lex Luger. <laughs> he walks over there and he he shoves Bobby Heenan for some reason. I don't know why he did that. <laughs> and he gets in there, they face off, and he Fuji tries to say something to him, and he throws Fuji out of the ring. Which I was like, oh shit! <laughs> I didn't expect Mister Fuji to take a bump, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. He, he slammed him. Yeah, he, and did. he got good action for it too. He uh, used his titanium fucking elbow or forearm, and that was yeah. mentioned in the commentary, and I was like, sweet. <laughs> yeah, he used it for America, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was cool. I was like, they they edited it really well, where I'm just like, this is not taking too long. Uh, yeah, right. Like, you would have thought this would have dragged out forever, but in reality, the whole thing, they edited it down to like nine minutes and some change. And, and, and I want to shout out Macho Man because, like, this is a time where he wants to wrestle and he's fucking sideline on commentary. But like, he does all these events and shit, and he he pick, he he brings a crowd up, especially when he's on that ship. He's like, ha- he looks like he's having a good time, is what I should should say. He's got the madness, brother. Yeah. It's like an aura, and it affects everybody around him. Mm-hmm. But now we're back in the uh, what do you call it? We're back in the what is it? Manhattan, the Manhattan Center, and one, two, three kid is wearing like a Dunkaroos colors. Fucking, uh... it's perfect though for him. It's the perfect time to wear <laughs> Dunkaroos colors. <laughs> that was great. That was great. You got me. Oh man, I, so I, much for straight face. I just had a moment from that uh that podcast OSW. What bar? Is... <laughs> you know you can get Dunkaroos again now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're yeah. not as good. It's they're sad. not. They're still. They're okay. Yeah, uh, Bla- it's not the same. He's facing Blake Beverly, one half of the Beverly Brothers. Yeah, and I was Sonic the Hedgehog ass fucking music that was playing. It was incredible. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> when I saw Blake Beverly, I was like, oh no. He shaved his mustache too. He lost some of his power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, that was an ill-advised move in my opinion <laughs> but man he uh he both of them had a good match i like that uh <laughs> like none of the commentaries knew like most of one two three kids moves set. like oh what do you do i don't know what that move is well at that point in time a lot of the stuff he was doing a lot of people in america would have never seen those kinds of moves at at that point in time Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he did like the fucking the I don't know what to call that move, but it's like somebody tries to do the the flapjack. It's like when the really strong guy just flings the smaller guy up in the air. And Sami Zayn does this, and he he like reverses it, just drop kicks the guy right in the face in midair. Like yeah. I I didn't know that Sean Waltman could do that. I've never seen him do it until just now. And, and I was like, holy shit! And he did like a moon salt, but it looked like a corkscrew fly. <laughs> <laughs> like when he landed uh, on Blake Beverly outside, and Blake Beverly actually held his own throughout the match. I, 
he he did some moves where I was like, holy shit. I think I think fucking Sean uh or one two three kid, Sean Waltman, whatever, uh <laughs> was dead at some points. Oh man, like his uh I showed you a, a video before one time too where it was the Beverly brothers, but they were at WCW. Mm-hmm. I think they were working like Thunder or something. And I was like, these guys can actually wrestle. Like, what the fuck? And it was like, you know, they did a pretty good job. It was a short little TV match, but it was like, wow. Mm-hmm. And you kind of saw that here, too, with one of them. Uh, but I think, you know, kids' willingness to bump like crazy helps, too. Like, he's he's doing some pretty interesting sells you don't see anybody do, either. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he, I, I think that's the big thing. I think he made Beverly look a little better than he was. Not, not to say he's bad. It's just like, it I, helps. like I said, I think yeah, I think he just elevates a lot of people because he sells so well. Like, that's part of that's part of how he's getting himself over too, because he's being like this little babyface guy who has like some crazy moves. But the thing is, is where he's so small, he's at a disadvantage, so he gets his ass kicked and he gets heat on him and then you wait until he can bust out one of those big moves and come back mm-hmm. i think it's hilarious we call one two three kid uh small too because again we're in we're in a 90s like lane of the giants wwf like i i get why we're calling it that i just find it hilarious because like they even announced when he faced ramon the uh that that rematch i remember hearing it it just stuck in my head he's like six three and like 220 pounds or something so he's my size and like with a little bit more height like he's got an inch an inch or two on me and so i'm just thinking in my own head it's like well he he's actually not that small he's a pretty big guy but again you're in wwf so everyone's I think massive. They, they embellish his weight a little bit i don't think he weighs that much because he's, he's really slim mm-hmm. uh but you know it's like guys that are more average height like brett or even sean they're mm-hmm built bigger than he is you can tell look at him mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if he weighs that much because he he's he's very toned and muscular like he probably does weigh around that but they they like you said they always embellish like the what was it triple h has always been three inches taller than uh in his career than he ever was maybe the, the line was yeah like they, they always add a few inches uh so it doesn't matter but i just think it's funny like and there's a shot like at the end when he wins and he's like in the crowd like like standing near the crowd and he like stands up and after he's panting and you know taking in the 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 fact that he won and he stands up really tall and like he just like towers over the crowd he's like taller than most of the people that are sitting there in the in the audience uh so again it's just kind of funny it's like he is really tiny because he's so skinny but he is pretty tall so i thought that was funny yeah the clothesline uh blake was doing was fucking crazy and there was a couple mm-hmm. of power slams. I was like, holy fucking shit. Is he dead? <laughs> yeah, he suplexed him on the turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. And that caught him to flip outside. That was another cool bump. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's the one I thought, oh, man, he's dead. <laughs> I, I remember seeing that. And he goes outside, and you're like, oh, shit, that's not good. He press slammed him outside to the floor, which is like something you usually only see somebody like Vader do or like Sid Vicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, damn, thud. Uh, yeah, that part where uh, this is another interesting bump. Like uh, Blake flying shoulder tackled him, and he just flew through the ropes to the outside. Like he just got launched out of the ring, <laughs> which is another bump you didn't really ever see anybody take. Uh, and he, that's when he goes for that axe handle. He he cl- Blake climbs into like the rope on the outside, the second rope. He goes for axe handle, just misses. 
Mm-hmm. And then that's when a kid does the cannonball. He just <laughs> on the top rope. Like he tried to do it to Razor and he fucking missed and knocked himself out. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah. Whenever yeah. the, the padding was pulled up. Yeah. You know talking about? Oh, that was rough. It was rough. <laughs> Uh, but this time he hit it. He was all right, but he was still selling it too. He, he didn't just like pop up and like, yeah. He was like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Then uh, I like this part. Blake rolled back in and he was like selling like he's hurt. Like he's like, I'm injured. Fucking my head is exploding. And kid tries to pick him up. He's like, can I pick him up? Yeah. And then he faked him out. He was gonna hook him ducked it they do a shoot off thing i like this spot too where he like he leapfrogs him doesn't turn around just tries to leapfrog him again assuming he will he catches him in midair and back suplexes him like oh (laughs) good it's good shit yeah then that's it goes to the finish from there blake goes the top rope and he tries to do a flying headbutt and he misses and then kid's like i'm gonna go to the top rope and he does a top rope leg drop and he wins what'd you give it uh, 6.4 out of 10 is a pretty decent match I thought and it showcases 1-2-3 kid like this is setting him up more as like a singles guy he's not just a jobber anymore mm-hmm. this sets the tone for like his matches I think moving forward alright Chaz what about you so I'm going to preface this I think I'm going to have this, this recurring theme because of the context of how I felt when I watched these I feel like I was very just basic and just picking a lot of whole numbers when I, I ranked stuff. And this match, I rem- now that we've talked about it, I enjoyed it more than what I felt like my original ranking was. So uh, I, w- I actually uh, wanted to change mine now to six and a quarter chazzes. I just had six. But actually, I think I enjoyed it a little more than that. So I agree. It was a good good match. You gave one, two, three kid match a six? I know, right? Six. Well, one, two, and three add up to six, so it seems like it matches up. And then, like, and then after six, you solve for X, and you get Pac. That's how that works. The bastards blew my mind. This is some five D chess I just pulled on you. Yeah, it's some quick maths. <laughs> <laughs> my my score is six point five out of ten. Uh, I enjoyed the match. It was a pretty long match for one, two, three kid. I lo- love the showcase. So. Uh, I'm excited to see where they go with that. Uh, they mentioned the Money Inc. and the Razor Ramon feud, uh, yeah. and they push Luger during that commentary uh, because the the slam heard around the world. They uh, push Luger through both shows, and like you don't see him. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. just they're just talking about him constantly in the commentary. Bobby Heenan mean. just trying to shit on him the whole time, and then Macho Man and uh, uh, Vince are just constantly trying to no no he's a hero he. He defended America, and then... Well, he, yeah. he threw away his relationship with Heenan. He threw away the narcissist. He he was somebody. What a crop. Now he's a croc. <laughs> uh, we got a Men on a Mission vignette. The first one. <laughs> yeah. where I I did We're on rap. a mission. They're on a mission. It was fucking great. It was super 90s and shit. And I love the editing. <laughs> it was just so good. It's so good. What's really funny is it makes me think of those commercials people would do for like the dare programs in high schools. Oh my god, yeah. But in the two thousands. So it's it's funny. I'm thinking of like reverse engineering it because those are based on edits of things from the nineties, like the men on the mission. 
<laughs> so men on a mission inspired uh, people, teenagers to go out there and do things about how it's not cool to smoke crack. So, you know, in a way, men on a mission was cutting edge. Yeah, they were on a mission to help kids not do drugs. Thanks, man. Mabel. Yes, Viscera. Fucking love Viscera. Oh, man. Oh, yes. Mabel caused Kevin Nash to have to do some drugs. What was, his, what was his gimmick name when he was the big love machine? I can't remember what his name was. The world's largest love machine. Viscera. That, this, that's what it was. The world's largest love machine. I was like, I know it's not sexual chocolate. I mean, that, that's it was, not Henry. It was like Viscera. It's so weird when you turn into Viscera. You're just like this weird, like humongous black guy, like a with a blonde mohawk with crazy contact lenses. I kind of think of him if Kirby, if Kirby was bigger than Kirby really is, and he ate Blade. The yes. vampire. That's exactly what he looked like. He looked, he looked like Kirby ate Blade, and he's real fat, but he's like, I'm also a daywalker, bitches. <laughs> kind of like, and then after that, he kind of turned into like an evil pimp. It's just like. <laughs> he was just like, like this evil pimp, and he'd be like your fucking weed dealer at the same time. And he came out with that real bitch and fucking theme that doom, doom. Like it sounds like if you really, if you drop some DMT or some shit, or you smoke some weed, you could really vibe out to that. Ah, man, viscera. So good stuff. Next up, we get Luna, fucking fucking screaming her brains out about the beast from the east and you're about to see him she deserved much more time she needed at least 30 seconds yes yeah. her promos are great like you don't know what the fuck she's saying but you just can't help but listen to her mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm calling it now i'm not sure when it'll happen but sometime in the future i'm going to cut a promo to start our, our episode and i'm going to do it as in, in the loon of a sean tone <laughs> Yeah, I even know. We're gonna cut a promo and get some collar. And the sky and the moon is dark and blood is everywhere. And the moon yeah. rise and the blood yeah. will fall from the sky. And then the earth will open and the tortured souls will come out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, but... Sounds like she's just reading cover to cover lyrics from an Iron Maiden album. This is fucking great. Mm-hmm. It's fucking it's awesome. <laughs> it is. Oh yeah, I'm not even hating. It's great. Uh, yeah, I guess quick shout out to her too. If, if you had a chance, her the Dark Side of the Ring episode on her is really good. I I would recommend checking it out. Dude, oh, there was a part where Sensational Sherry and fucking Luna like they they tore their clothes off in a fight. I was like, this is got this is good content here. <laughs> <laughs> some attitude error shit a little bit mm. <laughs> felt like <laughs> that, that, that attitude error that, that's Vince McMahon's brain be like hey maybe one day <laughs> at some point later in the future uh, we get a squash match Bam Bam Bigelow comes out with Luna Fashone, uh versing Joey Mags some fucking jobber uh, dude, fucking just it's not even like 41 seconds done yeah just destroys him that's really how it should be too i mean like for for a guy like bam bam mm-hmm. i don't have anything to say besides uh i love bam bam um so yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see this this is kind of where he breaks out a little bit uh with luna he starts getting a little bit more of a singles push now i think it was like the the king of the ring matches i feel like Made Vince see like 
hey this this bam bam guy pal he, he's pretty good mm-hmm. <laughs> get, get me a little bit of business uh i do want to know he didn't he didn't use any of his finishers to beat this guy no but i thought that was interesting he didn't use the headbutt or like the the um i forgot what the fuck he calls it, the pile driver thing he does mm-hmm. but, yeah Did he, was, it, didn't he like just run into him like was it like a running like press into the corner and then like just crush the guy and then he just pinned him I, yeah he like avalanched him and a couple times yeah. and i think hit something else yeah that was it like he he, he decimated this guy poor joey mags mm-hmm. <laughs> he was dead um he was they killed him they destroyed him and sent him to the, the bowels of the earth his soul was ripped from his body and put into the pit of eternal torment where it resides to this day. <laughs> that's, that's our new thing. I'm, and, I'm ready for this. And as the kids say, no cap. <laughs> uh, we get an ad. We're of, on a mission. Yes. From God. Uh, we get an ad for all American wrestling. Um, Vince says we'll hear about all that SummerSlam on that show. So, like, every time we get these ads, I'm, I want to watch Mean Gene and Bobby DeBrain Heenan do this, whatever they're doing, but All-American Wrestling. Is that on Peacock? Do you know? I don't think it is. Because mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, man, these other shows, like, even uh, when they mention Macho Man being on uh, WWF Mania with Todd Pettengill... Yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah, whatever his name is, Pet and Gal. <laughs> First time. Yeah, so, yeah, but uh, you know, I'm interested in on seeing those shows. Maybe I gotta look for them. Uh, we got another good match, uh, and I know I'm already tipping my hand, but fucking Samu, uh, versus the Undertaker. Yeah, I didn't expect this because Undertaker usually doesn't wrestle on TV. Hmm. For this long, I yeah. yeah, I was I was also thoroughly surprised. Afa is hilarious with the crowd. Yeah, they were chanting for Afa, which I thought was like kind of cool. <laughs> but uh, I think this was kind of a big turning point in like uh, Taker's uh, uh, career. We just witnessed was this match somehow. It doesn't. It might not really look that way unless like you really know about how his early career went. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, mean Mark Callis. Yeah. Because they made they they were really it's like to me this match was designed to show to get Undertaker out of the zombie phase mm-hmm. where he just kind of moves around like he's literally a de- an undead man. Well, yeah, they're using this and story wise they actually tie that in like Macho throughout the the match is like talking. I've never seen him do that, and Vince is like, oh well, he can do that, he can wrestle, but then they keep saying, well, he's never done this before, and they mention how he's changed because he no longer has Paul Bearer. And then, of course, Bobby goes on and talks about how Paul Bear is actually in Mobile, Alabama, uh, ro- grave robbing or some nonsense. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it's pretty funny. But uh, but yeah, I agree with you. This is actually where they allow Taker to wrestle. They're just moving like they're still hitting. Like they, they're finding that balance. Like they're finally getting it. Like you can actually have him do certain things and still show off technically how he is as a wrestler and he can come into his own, but he can still be the, the dead man and, and do the, the greatest hits. Mm-hmm. He did the old school. That's, it. That's good. 
Mm-hmm. Old school to sit up, and I like how there's like there's some psychology to the sit up now too, where it's like he can get fucked up enough to where he like tries to sit up, and he's like, Ugh. he's kind mm-hmm. of falling back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I love that. Like Keen is like, I I got a source. Give me the phone. Like <laughs> and he's having a conversation. It's like what? Yeah. yeah. Who are you talking to, Bobby? I have a <laughs> I have a news from my source. <laughs> Paul Bear is Robin Graves. I'm like, as as much as like, because if this was Rob Bartlett, uh, I'd be pissed off because it would have been a lame joke or whatever. But, like, Bobby mm-hmm. Heenan, even during good matches, he's just, like, he contributes with his comedy. You count your you count your lucky stars, man. That, that you, did, you weren't here when we had to fucking deal with Rob Bartlett. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, sounds, that does not sound fun. But, I mean, think of how ingenious is it that he is, we're in the middle of a wrestling show, and he's being such a dumbass that he's like, hold on, I'm getting a phone call, wait. And he just has a phone call off, you know, off to the side while he's supposed to be announcing a match. <laughs> so it's, stupid. It's, it's totally something he'd do. He's like, it'd be funny, pal. You get a phone call and you ass off and make some kind of comment about how Paul Bear really lives in Mobile. It's funny. Did mm-hmm. Did Undertaker not do a drop kick before this oh, match? He's never done a move like that. Usually, like it's like I say, when he was in zombie mode, he would not really ever leave his feet like that, except to do like that running clothesline the, the flying clothesline or the uh the old school mm. yeah i mean at this point what taker's been in the wwe now for what a year and a half yeah like about a year and a half almost two years because nine november 91 is about yeah, the right time he came in yeah. so uh in that entire time he's literally been the like he has some really hard hits but other than that, it's literally I just no sell everything, and then I raise up, and then I hit you with my big moves, and then that's it. Like that's mm-hmm. that's literally been all he is, and that was fine for a while. But then it was starting to get a little stale. Um, which we haven't just... we haven't had the summer the bad SummerSlam match yet, have we? No, it's coming. But yeah, that's <laughs> what I thought. I was like, I'm pretty sure the Giant Gonzalez that's coming, right? Yeah, yeah. I think and... Undertaker probably just went to Vince and said. Listen, man, can I like work a little bit more? <laughs> He's probably just like, uh, well, what do you got in mind? And he probably told him, like, how about I just, you know, let me let me let me do a little bit more moves and stuff. Let me sell a little bit more. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, they're moving away from the fact that he's actually like, because you get into that point where like you can only sell this so much. It's yeah. kind of like the, the whole thing with like the fiend backing into a corner, like. You can't actually make this guy unkillable and then just suddenly have someone out of nowhere just beat him with a with a half-assed suplex that they call their finisher, right? Right. Like right. you can't do that. So like the Undertaker's the same thing. Like they're realizing we can't actually make him an unkillable undead guy because then he gets it's how how the fuck do we beat him? Like so then yeah. it was it's turned more into, oh well, this is someone who without in much explanation, he's a wrestler. But he has like this uncanny, weird, like supernatural stuff that still happens. Like he's beatable, but he's got some other weird stuff going on, and like you don't understand it, and it intimidates the hell out of his opponents. Like that's way more like you know believable. But you have to get to that point, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So now it's cool. We're we're and as we watch this, we're gonna see that evolve. It's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, there was one botch, but like they recovered really quickly. It's like when Undertaker tried to like jump over some move, uh, 
and Samu is tall. Like he's not like a short guy or anything. I think Samu Samu just didn't put his head down enough while the Undertaker was trying to jump over him when he was running the ropes. Uh, and they they connected and they fell, but then they got back up and you know started doing good. Yeah. Like Undertaker was selling really well. Um, and then Samu uh, also sold it well. Like when he went on the outside and he didn't know what to do. And Afa was like yelling at him and shit and like slapping him. <laughs> like, like, go back in the ring. What the fuck are you doing? And someone's like, holy shit, this is like a a new monster in a way. Because every time he brought him down, that's, you know, the gimmick of him getting up, uh, which we all know at this point, you know, started becoming like, oh shit, he's like Michael Myers. Like, it, that that's the thing you think of. You can kill him sometimes, right? But in the next movie, he's going to, you know, show up again. And then, you know, him getting up again and all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I enjoyed this match. When the Head Shrinkers came out, I was kind of getting enough of them because they were kind of being a little comedic in a way. Except Fatu. Fatu is like, he, he just super kicks everybody. <laughs> he works his ass off. Yeah. Um, but I, I enjoyed this match. And yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you, Zach. I think this match defines the undertaker the undertaker that we know of that you know just went into the hall of fame is this where he became recognized in my opinion this is where this sets the tone i think for the rest of his career like in the ring and shit mm -hmm. um, oh shout out to the old steps the old wooden steps that were painted blue like safety blue mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, man i haven't seen those steps in forever <laughs> So he bounced his head, Samu bounced Taker's head off of him. I was like, wow. <laughs> you know that hurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Jeez. There was a... I, I, I like the whole sequence where, like, um, it was like, I think Taker went for something, and he, he was doing some elbow drops, and then he missed one, and he sat up. Yeah, he's like, uh, he sets up, and then Samu just picks him up when he's sitting up. He side slams him, and then he does a headbutt, and then he goes to the top rope. But he does a flying headbutt, and then he like gets up. He sees he's struggling to sit up, and he just falls back down like fuck because he's just too fucked up. And mm. uh, then he goes for a third one. He's like, I'm just gonna hit him again. And they did this perfectly. The camera guy was in the perfect position to, where you see Undertaker, you see his feet. It's like looking right at him. And you see Samu back there in the frame, just, you know, and he jumps. And he's like, all right, that moment where he jumps, Taker sits up and looks directly at the camera. And you just see, God, like right behind him. Mm -hmm. like, that was great. That was, that was very well set up. I got distracted by that camera angle, though. And it's because they're wearing, he's wearing fucking tight pants, right? So you see the outline of his dick in that camera shot the whole time. It's like, oh, there's you Taker. Know, you look Dicks the whole time. <laughs> Take her dick in my face right dick. now. <laughs> uh, Dirt blind. Yeah, I gave this match a seven point five out of ten. Yeah, I gave it a. Uh, I liked it, uh, but I gave it a, a six point three out of ten. Ah. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm. I'm caught right in the middle. I gave it a seven. I'll just stick with where I was at. Again, I went whole numbers with this, so <laughs> I gave it seven chances. Uh, I was pretty happy with with the match, and again, I I, I agree with you hundred percent. 
to uh, Zach. This this is the birth of the Undertaker, like the true, yeah. like the actual Undertaker. This is what we're getting to see, and uh, that was exciting to watch. Um, yeah, it was a great match. Yeah, commentary talks about the head shrinkers uh, being possible challengers for the tag team titles, which is interesting. Uh, so maybe maybe the head shrinkers are going to take it off of the Steiners, and then the Steiners go to WCW. No, the Steiners are going to stick around for a little while. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I think through SummerSlam '94, uh, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, they, they don't. They won't okay. get that. Many, they won't get a lot of high profile matches. I think that's one of the reasons why they got frustrated and wanted to leave. Because it's just like the the tag division right now in WWF is like not really strong. Mm-hmm. They've only got like the Steiner brothers, the Head Shrinkers, um, Money Inc.'s not a good tag team in my opinion. <laughs> um, I'm struggling to think of anybody else. Well, I think the problem too is that this is also the era where everything gets very job gimmicky. Like, I mean, they're already gimmicky, but it's we're about to see like everything be an occupation. So, like, all the individual and like the tag teams and stuff are all very hokey gimmicks. And the Steiner brothers weren't, and they were these serious, like, hard hitting uh, wrestlers. And if I remember, I I could be wrong, and they may have debunked it too, but I think the other problem was is that they were concerned they wanted to push and they wanted to be in the spotlight because they wanted to be their version of uh, the road warriors. Like they just want to be those badasses that hit really stiff. And like, that's what they're known for and get over that way. And instead uh, I think there were always plans or, or allegedly there were plans that, you know, Vince was always going to, to get ready and split them up and, and push Scott because Scott was the future. I think that was kind of the thought. And I don't, I don't know if that ever tied into whether they left or not, but, uh, they're going to stick around for quite a while because they don't show back up in WCW until what, like late 94 or like mid 94 into 95. Yeah. I just know about the SummerSlam 94 because that's where they have a match with um the Heavenly Bodies. And apparently it was good. <laughs> so, looking forward to that, whatever that happens. <laughs> yeah. That'll be interesting to see. There was. Um... Uh, we mentioned this before that Vince brings up that Randy Savage is going to be on WWF Mania. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, again, I wish I could see those, but I, I can't, unfortunately. I need to find it. Um, is that- this around the time that that kid, they cut that promo where they have all the kids talk about America and how Lex Luger's their hero, and that one kid cuts like a, a full-minute promo on it sounded like one of us on the on a podcast explaining why Lex Luger's the hero of America and he's gonna he's gonna be Yokozuna. <laughs> that, that shit was great. That's a hundred percent us as a kid, right? Like mm. not not just like about that specifically, but just about anything going into that explanation. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty great. Speaking of Yokozuna, um, this is where Vince invites Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji. Uh, Heenan says uh, hip lock and not a slam and then Fuji says that wasn't a slam that was a hip toss <laughs> yeah and he tried to show him and then Vince I love it I love when Vince interviews heels because he just gets right up in their business mm-hmm. and it basically just says you're full of shit pal like not not the, like verbatim but he just he pretty much calls him out like immediately <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like kind of yelling at each other, go back and forth, and 
again, Fuji's saying some stuff and I can't understand 75% of what he says. <laughs> then, uh, then crush comes out, bra. He's proud to be American bra. And he wants to accept the challenge, bra. That's no, not bra. It's brother. <laughs> he, he, he seemed brother. <laughs> I thought he said bra a couple times. He, he, I mean, he may have it might like come out come out as bra too, but he definitely in the promo he gets really intense and he says brother a few times and I'm thinking you're saying that to the Samoan to, to the Samoan who's pretending to be Japanese. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, Crush is apparently he really is from Hawaii, I guess, but like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he basically like this foodie says, "Oh, we'll do a, an open challenge," and then yeah, Crush came to answer, and then he's like, "No, no, 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 we don't like you," and he's like, "Wait a minute, I thought you said it was an open challenge." <laughs> And then, like, Vince McMahon is like, I caught it without What are you doing? He's, like, screaming in their face. And, like, they're just like, fine, fuck it, we accept. Well, no, the funny part is, like, he just, like, pushes uh, Mr. Fuji uh, to the side. And he, like, interviews fucking, <laughs> fucking Yoko. He's like, what about you? What do you say? What do you say? <laughs> and, like, Fuji's like, no, 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 don't fucking accept it. And he's like, okay, brother. Well, well, you know, he didn't say brother, but he's like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> But no, that's what's funny is there's a split second, like a pause, and it looks like he's about to accept because he's getting it in the moment, and he's definitely going to just say it with like like perfect English. And then he, he like goes to talk, and he catches himself, and then just goes, oh, and just shakes his head. It's that like whole thing of he'll talk for a minute and, and then realize, wait a second, this doesn't sound Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, Banzai! Awesome. I hate American foods. <laughs> American, American sucks. Banzai! <laughs> That's my favorite thing. Uh. <laughs> and it says uh, Fuji had to accept and not look like a coward. So that's why. Um, but weird main event, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Was it not the main event? No, it Is was. It... I'm just saying some main event. Because it's, oh. <laughs> oh. it's like Mr. Perfect versus this Brian Costello guy. And he looks like fucking... 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, seriously, he just looked rough. I get it. He's a jobber, but he looked particularly awful. Like, he was he, fucking. He, looks like he, he looked like he jobs to jobbers. He, he, looked, he looks like he jobs to jobbers. He had like a, yeah. a really bad mullet haircut. Like, I mean, <laughs> he, he, he looked like 10 pounds of shit in a five pound fantastic thing to say i'm gonna steal that oh Uh, i stole stole it from somebody else that we know uses a tennis racket but i you know it is what it is oh man it's good it'll be the second thing i steal from these shows the other one comes later macho man said it and i was like that's pretty good Um, Uh, before the match starts like mr pervert he's done this thing before where like they, they have the fat roll girl out there and he does something with her yeah. This time he like took the gum out and like stuck it through her glasses. And she smiled. And, like, she had a smile, but it was like, uh, yeah. Like I was like, that was kind of a dick move. I thought Mr. Perfect was a good guy now. I yeah, <laughs> I, I think this is Mr. Perfect just being Mr. Perfect, like uh himself. Like he still has to be a little bit of a dick. Yeah. It's like Piper when he's face, he still has to be kind of a dick too. Mm-hmm. I do was just perfect to not be an asshole. I was just yeah. amazed, like he was like <laughs> took his time with his gum and just like sticking it to her glasses, and then she like smiles and walks away. 
And I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> um, there's not much to say about this match either. Chops. Right. Chop the, he did the big chop in the corner and fucking did a perfect plex and it was over. What, yeah, what, what, perfect plex looks good. What did he say to the crowd, by the way, before he hit that perfect plex? He said, I'm going to do a perfect plex, I think. More or less. He said, sound about a perfect plex. <laughs> and he hit it. Bobby, <laughs> Bobby Heenan's like, I taught him that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I have an idea for a move. I don't know if anyone can pull it off or do it. Because I think it's a hybrid between a perfect plex and um, I don't remember what the other move is called. But you can set up for a perfect plex. But then you actually do a full 360 rotation before you hit. But you still hit the like you still hit the arch and pull the perfect plex if that makes sense at all, and it'd be yeah. really hard to do. Um, but you could call it a psycho suplex because it would be like doing a psycho crusher, which is a reference to Street Fighter. Holy I don't shit. know. I've always wanted to make a reference to like psycho crusher in some way, and you have to do a spin or a twist because that moves annoyingly. Like he does the the flying thing where he spins. I don't know. I think it looks really cool, but I don't know if it'd be possible to do. I don't think um, it's possible. I think the closest anybody gets is um, some people do a move like that, like what you're talking about, but instead of spinning totally, mm-hmm. it's like they'll get the guy up and then spin them around and bring them down into mm-hmm. their lap for a pin. Yeah, and almost like it's like a weird like variant of like a Falcon Arrow, almost. Yeah, like a yeah. Fisherman Falcon Arrow driver of some bullshit. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is that yeah. people... Yeah, uh, Michael Cole marks out for a fucking Falcon Arrow. I just he every time that gets hit, he, he goes crazy. After he finally learned what the fuck it was after like twenty five years, yeah. <laughs> He's like, Why do I keep getting boners from seeing this? What is that move? A Falcon Arrow, a Falcon Arrow. Like I noticed Ooh. that on WrestleMania. I was yeah, he went Switching cool gears. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it is it is a cool move. And then like they're doing the Avalanche Falcon Arrow on on AEW a lot. It's Bobby Fish does that. And it's one of it's definitely one of those moves on the list of that move should not be done unless it's going to finish a match because it looks fucking rough to take. I, I've got, always it's got to be rough on the guy doing it. I mean, Bobby Fish isn't mm-hmm. fucking thirty anymore. He's got to be pushing fifty mm-hmm. almost. Oh, that's rough for both people to come down like that. It's yeah, I I don't know, and I, I think he's only pinned one person in AEW since he's been there and he's been doing it. Um, everyone else is kicked out. It's like a weird transition move almost. It's like, oh, you get a two count and then you just move on and do something else. It's like when uh, Seth does it, when he does the superplex into the Falcon Arrow and everybody kicks out of it. I'm just like, why? Or the Blue Thunder Bomb. It's or Sammy's Blue Thunder Bomb. Who no one kicks out of the Blue Thunder Bomb. They always say that, except everyone kicks out of it every time. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite thing, but uh yeah, I don't know. It looks cool. The other thing that would be kind of neat would be if someone did like a perfect plex, but then um, instead of trying to, to bridge to get the pin, the grip they have on the arm, like when they lock, they actually could latch that and turn it into some type of like triangle submission. or a submission. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Or I don't know how you do that. It's kind of tricky. Or you do a perfect plex, but then you like transition into holding both of the legs and then do Alabama slam. Do a, a fucking handspring backwards, kind of like how the Young Bucks do their weird little Northern Lights suplexes, the multi ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get up, you do a small package driver. There you go. 
Yeah, and then you yeah. pick him up to the Alabama Slam, and then you look at the, the the camera after, look right at the hard camera, and say, "See, this is how you do it, Bob. This is how you get the belt and beat everybody." And then you pin him, and he kicks out, and you're just a joke. Shit, <laughs> yeah, pin him first. <laughs> then you uh, then you take a really big ladder, and then you do like oh, a God. a six ninety splash. I don't know. I just put numbers together. Six ninety. Land on your hip, and then you wonder like why you did that to yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and then go sniff take Conti's butthole but anyway Damn, it's back the butthole's back <laughs> uh, not once was uh, the Shawn Michaels uh, feud mentioned by the way which I'm like are we getting this match is this happening still yeah no it's, worries. Just, it's coming it's coming it's, they, they talk about it and up next and this is an episode yep. next yes. next week uh, um Oh, yeah. Any final thoughts on this episode? No. Are we going to talk about the final rankings for each show at the end, or do we want to talk about the, the ranking for the show now? We can score each one when we finish, I think, is fine. Okay. That's so, uh, so we'll wait I, on the score? No, I mean, like, we can do this one and then move on to the next. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that would, that's what I thought he meant. Yeah. That's cool what we usually do. Um, fun show. Uh, I like the very utilitarian booking going on here. It's like we got two good matches where it's like they establish how one, two, three kids going to work moving forward. And they establish the, the new way that everybody knows the undertaker to work in this, in this show too. Mm-hmm. Uh, 6.5 out of 10. Nice. That's exactly where I'm lined up. Six and a half chances. I'm like, I enjoyed myself as a solid. I'm I'm splooging all over the place. Uh, I like this show a lot. I think it had a really good structure. We got the Intrepid. That was fun to watch. Uh, then we got a fucking one, two, three kid Dunkaroos fucking against Blake Beverly. Uh, that was good match. So uh, call that movie does the cannonball where he almost concusses himself every time the Dunkaroo. <laughs> the Dunkaroo. That'd be great. I love the squash matches were even good too. I mean, Bam Bam, and then we had uh, Mr. Perfect, even though Brian Costello looks fucking weird. <laughs> um, but I, I had a fun time watching this. I gave it a 7.3 out of 10. Nice. I think I found my new gimmick, boys. I think I, think I want to go back and take a page out of... Uh, uh, what was the... Uh, the guy that uh, Mike Awesome, who came to WCW and they turned him into that '70s guy. What the fuck was that? I know it was awful. I think I want to be that '90s guy. Of course, I'll come up with a different name, but basically, all of my moves and everything I do is named after some type of product that was like that hit its peak and flamed out in the mid '90s. Skip it. So like, uh, yeah, fucking the bop it, the fucking bop it bomb or something, and then like the Dunkaroo driver. The Pog Slammer. <laughs> the Tom- the Talk Boy. The, the Tom- Talk Boy. The Tamagotchi Stretch. Tamagotchi oh, thank you. Stretch. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Tamagotchi <laughs> Stretch. Hold, but it's, it's they call it Tamagotchi Stretch. That's what it is. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's it's the octopus stretch, but then you use the other free hand and you go and like touch on the belly, like you tickle them because you're you're trying to like hit the settings <laughs> to make sure that you don't kill the Tamagotchi. You <laughs> uh... <laughs> stretch him so much he takes a shit. Man, I gotta clean up my Tamagotchi. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let's. <laughs> 
Next Monday Night Raw, July 12th, 1993. We're back in the Manhattan Center. Did they tape this the same day, by the way? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah this, this, the crowd looked very similar. I It looked like, like back-to-back well, tapings. The giveaway also was uh, Savage was wearing his same get-up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's being usually patriot. he never does that. He's all patriotic, uh, but we 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 get the match of uh, Yokozuna versus Crush. I have some mixed feelings about this. Me too. At, at some, I'm, po- I'm relieved. Yeah. <laughs> at some points, every time Yoko was in control, it looked good. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, every time Crush was in control. It was not fine. It, he's he doesn't know how to wrestle Yokozuna. I think that's his, well, he's still green, but I just think he doesn't know how to work with Yoko, and it, it, it looks really silly when he's trying to wrestle him. I don't know how to explain you know, it. It's because he's he's working like a big guy, and he's like a baby face too. Mm-hmm. And so far, like the best matches he's had has been like with Shawn Michaels or something, some smaller heel that can bump for him mm-hmm. and could probably also tell him, "Brother, hip toss me, and and then you're gonna close on me, and I'm gonna like fucking do a backflip and spin around and fly out of the ring and look stupid." <laughs> and that, like that's easy, but working with Yokozuna is different, and it's I don't he's like he's still trying to work like how he usually will. Yeah, Yoko can't sell for multiple reasons. Yeah. Like, again, physically, he can't sell the same way someone smaller like that will. But also, his character doesn't make any sense for him to sell that way. Right? Exactly. Like, yeah. So it just it hurts him. And again, it just kind of shows off, like, Crush is not trying to use some other type of strategy to beat Yoko. Like, he can't rely on, oh, I'll just be, like, more technically savvy or I'll be crafty in what I do. No, he's just trying to do his Crush things and then... It just doesn't look really good. Mm. There's another thing. I'll, I'll mention it after. I guess it's not in the match. It's in the, the post-match stuff that Crush does that really irked me. Um, but we can bring it up then. I uh, I also noticed in this match that Crush has really shitty punches, and he needs to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Usually it's like if I'm it's in modern wrestling that I'm critiquing people's punches because uh, it just seems like a lot of people don't know how to throw a punch anymore. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like he's this big guy. He should have a good punch, you think, but it's like he has no oomph behind it. Mm-hmm. It's like he just kind of swings his arm. He looks like a little girl trying to put the straw through the Capri Sun pouch. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, and it's like you can't and you can't use the excuse well Yoko can't really sell his punches because no, it's just he tried to. <laughs> Not if you're punching air. You poke a hole. Like shit. You poke a hole and like the fucking juice falls out. Oh God! Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, oh God! That that's, um, that's crush selling right there. <laughs> only the, it would basically what would happen is crush would hit like a big move and then like kind of get on a roll for like a minute and then Yoko would stop him and get heat. Yeah. Uh, and like the first time he did something, he hit a big boot and then Yoko went flying out of the ring off of that, which caused people to react really big. Yeah, I uh, I think Yoko was tried to help out crush a little bit because they both have to look strong in this. Uh, and the right. way, and the way crush was like delivering bond, uh, like moves and stuff. I think Yoko was like, man, I gotta maybe sell a little bit to make him look good because this is just fucking terrible. Cause remember 
Lex is the one who lifted and slammed him, and Crush was second. He lifted him a little bit. Mm -hmm. He can at least knock him off of his feet. Yeah. And um, what were you gonna say? No, nah, it's just there's there's not a lot to talk about besides like Yoko like doing the uh, the shoulder blocks or they were or uh, what do you call it doing the clothesline and then like the belly to belly suplex, which pretty much fucking kills crush, <laughs> which, uh, I want to give a shout out to the Asiatic nerve hold that he applies. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You know what he fucking, whenever he's got somebody down on, and they're like sitting on their ass in the middle of the ring, Yoko does the Asiatic nerve hold, which he just pinches their shoulder. Like it's like a Vulcan, Death grip thing. Yes, mm -hmm. the, right here. Oh, like, yeah, they're like dead. Yeah. I mean, I've, the first time I ever heard it called Asiatic nerve hold was Jim Ross in WCW, and I think it's when like I don't know, like fucking Great Kabuki came, crossed over for a minute or whatever, and he he was doing it before, or maybe even um Great Buddha, because Great Buddha would also do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like Asiatic nerve hold, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he did a. Uh, geez, there was a, like basically where the match ended. I, I like this putt too. Um, he's getting heat, throws crush in the corner, and he goes to do like the you know run across the ring and do the butt splash in the corner. Misses, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and then crush hits a drop kick and shoulder block, running shoulder block. He knocks Yoko down. And then crush is like, yeah, bro. And he goes to the top rope, and then Mr. Fuji just hits him with the flag and knocks him off. And then he goes, he slipped. He slipped off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, he is also like start, especially post match, is starting to like tear into uh, everyone there, uh, and yeah. he starts to rip into Lex. Like, you see what he's created? He he's a he's a wild bull. He's going crazy. And he did this. That's you saw Yoko. He doesn't want those flowers anymore. He's gonna hurt everyone, <laughs> and they deserve it. He's like just going crazy. It was great. <laughs> oh, it was. Uh, it was. It was definitely. It helped make the match and the post match stuff. It was just okay for me, and honestly, it was mostly because of Yokozuna. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you... I think this is. Uh... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, what, what do you guys give it before we go, what happened after the match? Uh, sticking to my whole five, uh, or, or whole number thing where I was all feeling weird. I just, I had, think I gave it a five. I probably bundled a little of the post-match together with it. I think I gave it a five because of the mix of Yoko and Bobby there. Otherwise, I just wasn't feeling it. So I just hit five flat, five chances. Mm. I, I'll go quickly. Uh, I the only reason why I gave it a point higher or a point one higher and I'm giving it a 5.1 is because of Yoko, uh, him and Bobby Heenan, like broke this match crush needs a lot of work in my opinion, uh, or at least he maybe train with Yoko or someone as big as him so that he does, doesn't look silly in a ring. Mm -hmm. He's not crushing it. Yep. <laughs> I gave it a 5.5, .5, and that's because of Yokozuna mostly. Mm -hmm. um, and Bobby Heenan was great too, but like, uh, 
Crush, the thing with Crush is, it's like I've noticed this. Yeah, he might be a little green, I think. I don't know. I don't know how long he's been wrestling yet. Sometimes people can wrestle for a long time and still suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I'm not saying he sucks. It's just that he's not that good. Uh, he should not be challenging for the, the title right now. No. Like, based no. on how his where his skill is. He looks he he does he looks like he's out of his league. He's a he should be a mid car guy, and they they mismatch mm-hmm. him with people a lot. It's like they, I wouldn't have put Crush up against Yokozuna, just mm-hmm. just because you know what's going to happen. And it, it wasn't a great result, but Yokozuna made it bearable. Mm-hmm. Put him with guys like Shawn Michaels, or dare I say, I, I don't even know if Doink was a proper match, just because of the way that he works. Mm-hmm. It's kind of boring. When, when he's having the matches with Doink, but uh, yeah, that's I gave it a five point five. Yeah, Yoko goes crazy, and that's you know uh, Chaz brought up when Bobby Hannon uh, did the promo, and like he was like getting on everybody, uh, and kind of pisses off Macho Man later, uh, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> Challenges him to a match. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking great. I love how bad he's Yeah, boy, we can go in the ring next week. What do you think, Bobby? Me and you. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. The y- Yokozuna starts hitting bonsai drops on fucking Crush. Mm-hmm. He hits like four of them before like Tatanka tries to come out to save him, and then Yoko just goes, "No," he just swats him away. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> and then a bunch of jobbers try to come out and stop him. And then Yoko swats them all away like the insignificant flies that they are. And mm-hmm. then that's when Savage comes in and saves Crush from a fifth one, and then everybody helps pull. Him fucking crush out of the ring. And yeah. Ian's like fucking railing Luger like hard on, on commentary. At that oh, point. he is. He is reaming Luger and blaming him for it. So then I was going to mention earlier, I mentioned now, it's it's been said in a lot of interviews that Yokozuna was one of the safest workers, uh, especially for a, such a big guy, that he always took care of the guys that uh, he wrestled with and a lot of people would be intimidated to wrestle with him because thinking oh he's so big and the stuff he does it looks like it hurts he was so good at selling his his drop like anything that he did he was great at selling how bad it looked like it looked like how much it would look like it hurt without yeah. actually doing anything like you can actually see um and this again it's to its fault on one of the drops they get a close-up and actually may have been two of them uh one of the drops he does post-match he lands and he clearly lands on his feet first and then just squats down and barely touches Crush's chest with his, his ass. But Crush sells it before he ever gets touched. I don't know if you go back and watch. I actually rewound and, and went back and watched it. And Crush actually like has a seizure and shakes before he actually has contact made to him. It looks really bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, that it, was just it, a late reaction. First one. That's what it was. Well, oh, okay, that's what it was. Number, number four, he, I think it's like the third or fourth one, and he's like, oh. <laughs> number one finally caught up. He's having aftershocks. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, it looks pretty rough. But, I mean, it, good for Yoko to be that big and be able to move but still protect the guys he's, he's working with. But, again, it just it just looks it looked kind of wonky. But I, I also uh, heard if he doesn't like you, he, he doesn't protect you at all. Hmm. That <laughs> makes sense. That's just like the wrestling code, right? Yeah, they'll, they'll make sure to know that let you know that they don't like you. Um, Vince was like also like 
yelling at Randy, like, don't get involved because of the contract of commentary. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you uh, can't wrestle. You don't get involved. You can't be out there. You don't care about that. Yeah. And he just, like, fucking runs out there and drags him away. And they stretch or crush out. And then, yeah, Heenan's going on about how Yokozuna is different. And, you know, all that stuff, which we've touched on a little bit. Mm-hmm. We get a we get a uh, tag match: the Head Shrinkers with Afa versus Aaron Ferguson and PJ Walker. This was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like it opened, and I didn't expect it to open the way that it did. It's like they just fucking double team him and throw that Ferguson guy up in the fucking air like fifteen feet. He looks on his head. <laughs> I, I murder like, him. I was like, Jesus Christ, they fucking killed him already. <laughs> and then, like, Samu's not done. He gets up and he clotheslines the fucking piss out of him. And he lands really awkwardly. And uh, Heenan's making Weekend at Bernie's references, references during this match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and I legit think he was fucked up after that clothesline. Like, because he could still kind of move somehow after the flapjack landing. After that clothesline, he's done. <laughs> and I guess he got concussed all the shit on that one. <laughs> yeah. It, it reminded me of like um what the fuck was the match? One of the one of the Dark Order guys that got knocked the fuck out and then just dragged him to his corner so they could tag him. Oh yeah, no, uh, I think it was like Reynolds, the one that has hair that doesn't wear a mask. He like yeah. fell and, and he yeah, he just got knocked the fuck out. And they realized he was like out. They didn't like no one at first realized that he was actually just unconscious. And they realized it and they kind of just like, mm, let's just yank him back over and drag him <laughs> to the corner to get attacked. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I don't think I don't think Ferguson was selling because he was totally immobile. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Pretty good. That was uh, a squash. Walker, it was a squash. Walker tried the crowd was into the head triggers because just they watched them almost kill a man pretty much so of course you get into that that's a fucking snuff film <laughs> it was squash yeah the yeah. flying splash was cool from Fatu. so mm-hmm. dangerous Samoans are dangerous they are and, and they speak a, a, a weird language uh, remember like when they first came up like uh, Heenan and Vince were like oh they talk different <laughs> speak Samoan That that's that's Samoan mm-hmm it's just very racy on the commentary. <laughs> During- oh boy, it's it's about to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, they. Hold on, where's my notes? Just give me a second. They do it. A- the the bit- package for Marty and Sean. Why are we getting this for like the twentieth time? By the way, because it's not over. Not <laughs> it will never be over. <laughs> just... Is Sherry gonna be with fucking Janetti again, or is that storyline done? Because I think they mentioned that, right? The storyline with them are done. I don't. Yeah, I don't think she's attached to Marty anymore. So, I guess this is just a, another rematch, which is fine because they have good matches together. So, mm-hmm. okay, I'm I'm all for that. I'm, I'm all for one more. Yes. It's interesting, but I'm just kind of like, oh man, we're seeing this again. Okay, but maybe Mister Perfect will... will get involved. I think this will be the blow off. This will be the end of this. I'm pretty sure Sean's going to win. 
And I'm pretty sure Marty Jannetty uh, does drugs again after this match. So <laughs> bowling alley, Marty Murray. You think people. a few things are for sure. The sun rises, Marty Jannetty does drugs again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He also murders someone apparently. According yeah, he killed to the so guy. Yeah, like in the bowling alley. He killed the guy in the bowling alley bathroom because he tried to touch his pee pee. <laughs> tried to rape him. Some shit. That was such a bizarre fucking story. And then he said, I made it up. I was trying to get heat. It was like, uh, dude, you don't need any heat. Like, you don't need to make any more. You're fine. <laughs> why, why are you still trying to get heat? You don't even work anymore. And it's like, well, if I get heat, I might get money for drugs. I guess. I guess I can't fault that logic. <laughs> we got Tatanka versus the Brooklyn Brawler. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. This is full disclosure. I skipped this match because I'm sick of Tatanka. <laughs> so, oh man, you you skipped out on something special. Did I? Yeah, it has nothing to do with the actual match. The match was kind of boring, in my opinion. It yeah. was fine. But... It was commentary, right? They were going it was off commentary. commentary. Heenan, Heenan was a racist asshole the whole time, and it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I heard him make some kind of comment like already, where he's like, "Oh, they they built the." They built him when they sold him a fake Rolex for New York or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, it's when he said that he's like, get call his ancestors or something because they or his parents or whatever because they yeah they sold his land. He can't call. Oh, that's what it was. Home field advantage. He can't call home field advantage. He could have, but then his family sold sold the land for a fake <laughs> Rolex. <laughs> Which like, I was like, oh shit. Vince was trying not to laugh. You could tell he's like, stop it. Yeah, <laughs> he actually said, "Bobby, stop." Yeah, I, I think he audibly laughed. By the way, because you hear Vince go, "Ha!" Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Stop it, Bobby." We're <laughs> supposed to be babyface. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys—that's that's what got me cackling. That's what I messaged you all in the chat when I was when I was watching it. That got me good. So I, I laughed pretty hard at it. How was Tatanka versus the Brooklyn it, Brawler, though? It was, one, it's Brooklyn Brawler, so, like, there's not a lot he could do. He was just cannon fodder for fucking Tatanka to do his Indian moves, pretty much. Where he, but it lasted <laughs> so fucking long. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. This is why I don't like Tatanka anymore. Like, at first, when I, when we first started watching it and we saw Tatanka, like, oh, it's Tatanka. And he was kind of fun for a little bit. Uh, but the thing is, is like we've seen Tatanka a lot, and he has the same match every time, and they're always like ten minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like I wasn't wrong to skip it. No, but no, the... you you were you were wrong because hearing all the commentary was hilarious. Yeah, yeah it's it... fine. I got the gist of it from from y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I gave this a middle down a road fucking rating. I gave it a five out of ten because I was like, the fucking <laughs> Bobby Heenan lit it up. And then I'm just like, oh, there's a Brooklyn Brawler. Because I didn't care. I'm with you, Zach. I, I just don't give a shit for Tatanka anymore. Uh, like, if it was Iron Mike Sharp, I would have watched it, honestly. But it was Brooklyn Brawler. So I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not fucking watching Tatanka fight the Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> yeah, and it was just the typical stuff. I actually, even though I, I think I'm giving it a higher rating than I would have had there not been the commentary, I actually gave it four and a half jazzes. So I, I broke my rule. I actually had a an actual score versus a whole number for this one because 
I, I don't feel like I could just say it was like it was fine, like an average middle of the road thing, because I didn't think it was that fun to watch. The commentary was really good. I, I'm not a fan of Tatanka anyway. I, and maybe that's me being a hypocrite because like I can laugh and, and get the, the vibe on some of it, but like I'm I'm not that big on the the, the overly like stereotypical racist uh Native American stuff. So um but no, I can always appreciate really good jokes. So the fake Rolex thing got me laughing. Otherwise I think I would have probably scored this lower. <laughs> the funny part is like when Tatanka came in because Brooklyn Brawler didn't even get an entrance. He was just like a he got that jobber entrance. Uh and Tatanka came out, threw out Brooklyn Brawler on the side and he 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 did his uh I, I call it the Nazi Indian fucking salute because he goes like that to each crowd mm-hmm. and like he like did yeah <laughs> he, <laughs> he did like a heel thing to Brooklyn Brawl I'm like hey oh what are you doing over here <laughs> like, don't do that to Brooklyn Brawler but he just yeah, yeah. Yeah. well it's funny you mentioned the whole like uh he got the jobber entrance I feel like his entrance was like two minutes into the match because there was some other thing after that where he breaks off from them and he gets up on the ropes and does the whole hey I'm walking here he does that whole thing right there but. Mm-hmm. And then the crowd reacts to it, and it's like that was more of an entrance than your actual entrance. <laughs> and it was two minutes into the match, and it made no fucking sense. But it was fine because Bobby Heenan's tearing up commentary, like mm. making me laugh the whole time. So, yeah, yeah. It uh, the the commentary was in the forefront. the The uh, match was in the backdrop, pretty much, uh, and it was also pushing the. Uh, the storyline with Savage being friends with Crush and worried about him in the back because he's like, oh, dude, he's, he's not looking he's good. Not good. Yeah. Not looking good, man. No. He's having trouble breathing. And then, like, Bobby, he's like, I told you. I told you. Like, he starts going, and he's like, shut your mouth. Don't <laughs> switch the heat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and every time he put <laughs> his mouth, he's like, don't. Don't you dare! <laughs> oh man, dude, I get real upset with him. I know the Lex Express is not amazing, but I'm getting excited watching these You're shows. Excited to finally see that big boss. Yeah, wonder what happened to that boss. Oh, they repainted it. It's it's Cody's bus now. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> it still has the same shit in it, like that TV from 1993 and everything. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's actually inside. It's actually the gym they used to to shoot the commercial for Ico Pro. <laughs> that's the actual gym that that's in the fucking corporate building. Oh yeah, it's, the the Vince McMahon gym. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, yeah, it, it uh, looks, it's pretty. A bunch cool. of a bunch of kids let us know that Lex Luger deserves a title shot. That's when that one guy, that one kid, cut the promo. Oh, so was it? It was now. Okay, yeah, I had it mixed up there. I told you. I, <laughs> I did some time skipping there, but yeah. Okay. It was what it was. It was kind of funny, I think. It I guess their their uh mass hypnosis is working with Lex Luger right now. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it's weird, right? Cuz it's one of those things like we know what's going to happen. Hindsight's 2020, 20, but it's like in the moment it seems like what they're doing is working. Yeah. Yeah. So then I I'm waiting for it to go to shit, right? Like that's I guess it's the less the Lex Express. We're gonna see all this just go just turn into a a trash fire. So now I oh go you go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna say something really stupid. 
so we need Roman Reigns to uh, c come into a helicopter to save America to lift, uh, I don't know, get like a fat Russian guy or whatever, since Russia's the bad guy. Uh, how about how about almost? You could lift him. Yeah, just for America. Did you call him almost. Yeah, I called him almost. <laughs> <laughs> He's almost a wrestler. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a, <laughs> that's, a uh, that's another cornetism. But when he first did it, I had the same reaction you did. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, but like you could call someone else almost, and it's just like okay, clearly it's for the joke. But with the fact that his name is almost, so it's actually almost sounds like almost. That's actually hey, even better. <laughs> he tries. He seems to be trying pretty hard. I'm not trying to cut the guy down too much, but I can't help but call him almost after that. It's to the point to where like that's naturally what how I think of him. I, I in my head I hear almost. <laughs> it's like what's the first word like when you think of somebody you hear a oh, chaz i think chaz that's that's the 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 name that pops in my head when i think of omos it's almost like that's default where my brain goes <laughs> i mean at um, least he's not like the bowser jr great collie over on nope. AEW. at least he's not sat in a massage <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> That's what I uh, said. Bowser Jr., great colleague. Mr. Hughes versus DeVito. I, I didn't get his first name. Tony. Tony, Tony DeVito. Tony DeVito. Is this, who's is related Tony, to a different DeVito wrestler. I don't remember. Is this Tony D'Angelo's father? Basil DeVito. I don't know. So I, the, the thing I got from this match, because it, it just squash whatever, just typical Mr. Hughes nonsense. They were pushing that whole weird uh, rest in peace arrangement that the undertaker left for him but vince, vince brings up that tony devito is the brother of another devito that used to wrestle in the wwf back in the 80s and he says ah savage yeah you probably know him and he goes oh yeah maybe in another lifetime you know what yeah i think he owes me money but that's not a here nor there and i think from now on when someone asks me if i know somebody i think that's how i'm gonna respond <laughs> Like, yeah, I think in another lifetime. I bet he owes me money. Ah, whatever. <laughs> like I was such a nonchalant way to respond. So yeah, you know that guy, right? You gotta do yeah. it you gotta do it this way. Like you have to be like talking to a crowd of people and be like, Yeah, I know that guy in another lifetime. Uh but he he owes me money. But it's near here or there. And you walk away from the group because you just have to let them curate what you just say. But you watch Oh yeah, that's what you say. You yeah. you watch from a distance, you be like let me see their faces. They're all confused. I win. And then come back. Confusality. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that's so that's level one. If you want to go big brain, what you do is you do that exact same thing, but instead of walking away where they can't see you, you walk away like five feet and then turn around and stare at them. And they can clearly <laughs> see you staring at them. <laughs> the fuck's wrong with that guy? What what did he take? Is there more? Did you forget to say something? I just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like Mr. Hughes, but it always just seems like every time he has a match, if it wasn't on pay-per-view at least, it, something's el something else is always going on. There's something distracting from what he's doing. Uh, How do those sunglasses um, stay on? He's got like a little band around his head. Oh, he does? Okay. He's got like a, yeah, which is legit. I love that he can wrestle and his sunglasses never come off. That's fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> he even makes a joke about it, like when he looks at the reef. <laughs> he also said something really funny about the dude that was bringing the fucking 
floral arrangement out. And he's like, he's got a, he's got a hole in his haircut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just some real obvious comment, but it's really funny. <laughs> he keeps doing shit like that, and you can hear like I think Vince Corpse is in this episode like two or three times. Like he gets him on that one too, and he and he doesn't and he you even hear him he just Bobby. <laughs> he tries to he's trying to say I think that's from the Undertaker. He's like, how do you know that? He's like, well, it's got to be. Look at it. It says rest in peace. You don't know that. It could have been the guy that had the hole in his haircut and brought it out. He maybe wanted to send a message. He just started going ham on this whole theory that the guy with the hole in his haircut was behind everything. Oh, yeah. shit. He did, he did a sick sidewalk slam, though, he, Mr. Hughes. I also like his choke slam. It's like a pop-up choke slam. Yeah. It's fucking nasty. Well... If you notice in the Undertaker match, he—I I think that's the first time we see a choke slam, right, from the Undertaker. No, he's—he's he's done a choke slam before. Okay, because he—he yeah. he kind of like mimics the choke slam, but he does his own spin on it to kind of like make fun of the Undertaker. Like, hi, I got your move. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, that'd be a cool thing for someone to do, like a big guy, like do a pop up choke slam like that. But then when you go down with them, like you actually go down on one knee with them and like bring the full force down with it. I think it kind of looked pretty cool mm-hmm. for a big guy. Maybe, so maybe, maybe Satin and Mustange could learn that. Yeah, I was, I was about to say Bowser Jr. We got to tell him. <laughs> uh, this uh, squash. In squash. Yeah. yeah, I didn't write it. Uh, we got a Mean Gene SummerSlam report, and I, I think he was just talking about Luger and saying he was working on a campaign. Did I miss anything from that? Mm-mm. I don't think so. That I recall. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. They didn't show like any matches yet, besides like the whole uh, campaign thing. That's about it. He said campaign. I'm like, is he running for fucking office? <laughs> <laughs> He's campaigning for a world title shot, I guess. He's campaigning for America. And then we get another men on a mission rap, and he's introducing everybody. We're on a mission. That green screen stuff was hilarious. Like, every time they uh, zoomed in on Mabel and the other guy, like, uh, he, he, like, zoomed on his... Yeah, they zoomed on his face, and the background looked weird. (laughs) You know, it was M to the M to the M to the O. This is my boy. Yeah, his name is Mo. (laughs) Yeah! That's my favorite thing. (laughs) I was like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah the green screen effect doesn't look as bad as you would think though it's like you can tell that they have like pretty good equipment yeah for the time yeah it's the time for the time it looks great yeah because i I was thinking like you know it doesn't look that bad like i can tell it's definitely green screen from the early 90s on a tv show but like yeah it just shocked me (laughs) the the editing though where they they put men on a mission it's like they literally took the wwf logo opened it up in like windows 3.1 and opened paint (laughs) Oh, God. Main event time? It is. Adam Bomb versus Scott Amati. And good God, Scott Amati looks like a fucking child. (laughs) (laughs) He's so goddamn small. 
He looks like 10 pounds of baby shit in a five-pound baby bag. <laughs> he looks like five pounds of baby shit in a 10-pound bag. <laughs> it's like the opposite. He just, like, uh, fuck. And Adam Bomb's a big guy, but it just really drove it home. When they stood across, I saw that guy, and I could tell because of his height relative, like, where his head is compared to the rope. I'm like, oh, no. And then when Adam Bomb gets into frame, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> he's I dead. It, I don't know what it is. Like, he's a big guy. I know he, he, he can do some power stuff. I think his – maybe it's just one of those things that's not clicking for me. Like, I feel like his gimmick is just so fucking corny. It is, and they kind of get away from it because I think I was talking about that last time we were talking uh-huh. about him. He sort yeah. of gets over somehow with that weird presentation and some of his mm-hmm. moves, uh, which it's, I think is it's cool. Like when he comes out, and then like he's got the goggles, and he's got the like some guy was fucking with him, and he's trying to heckle him, and he mm-hmm. spit out some of that shit, that red shit came out, and he snarled at him like that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like you can mm-hmm. scare some fucking people with that. And then he takes the it, goggles off. He's got the scary eyes. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just like combination of all that, and then like the the music's got a weird vibe to it. Like it sounds cool, but it doesn't sound like it matches for what they're trying to push for him. It's and then like and then like Polo. before that, yeah, Johnny you got Johnny Polo. Polo, which makes no damn sense. Uh, fucking Raven and his flock. He, he didn't make any sense there, but. uh even before that, though, they they they're doing those things where they're showing like old like nuclear testing from like the forties and fifties, and and uh, Vince is like, yeah, this is just showing demonstration of how how atom bomb was created and the, the sheer force of 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 his uh, his strength or, or whatever bullshit he's he's spouting off about it. And I'm like, this <laughs> makes no fucking sense. What are you from, from a Fallout video game? That's what he's trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, it, yeah. I don't know. It, the whole thing together just like throws me off. I, I don't know. It feels. Yeah. It, hopefully, he said they get away from some of that and they just let him come out and it's like, look, this is a badass, crazy, fucking strong guy. It's coming out here and just beat ass. Like, okay, cool. He comes out to some some bitching ass rock music and he just fucking whips ass as a baby face. It's just, that's Wardlow's father right there. Not that. Not that weird like synth that. Yeah. The the. The weird psycho said music. It, it sounds like fucking Count Chocula was going to pop out and introduce him and hand him a shovel. I'm like, ah, no. <laughs> not Count Chocula. <laughs> no, not only, Count Chocula. Only the good Adam Bomb theme later. And you'll be like, fuck yeah, I can picture this guy coming out whipping ass. He should be main event. And it never what? happens because he gets politicked out. <laughs> What's funny is that's what I remember. I remember him more in that role. It's just like, this is what's throwing me off about this. I don't really remember him in this the spot with the goggles and all the weird like that maybe that's what's getting me i don't know yeah it might be because nobody really remembers this part of his career that much you remember when uh uh johnny polo came out with like fucking lacrosse gloves and shit and they were lacrosse stick why i just don't understand the johnny polo character and i brought that up last time but it's it's still puzzling it's just like what the fuck is he? He comes out and he's wearing a captain's hat. And he's wearing like these with this weird. It almost looks like he's wearing a damn romper. And mm-hmm. he's got like he's wearing loafers with no socks, which is always a heel move. And and he's got like a lacrosse racket. You know what it is? It's long term booking at its finest. Because what does he look like in that instance? He he looks like a spoiled rich kid. Who's just like I can do whatever the fuck I want, 
So then later on, he goes through all those little random changes and he does the Raven thing. And then way later, well, like a decade later, when, when he legitimately comes back from WCW and uh, and Vince is like, oh, I don't know who the fuck this is. Who are you? And they have to explain to Vince that, oh, yeah, he was Johnny Polo. And he's like, ah, okay. You're friends with my son. You're rich and you're entitled. That's why you got edgy. So <laughs> you didn't like your parents because you're rich. So you listen to grunge music. There we go. And then that's how they tie the whole thing together. You were a homeless man who <laughs> stole a fucking cart from Walmart. <laughs> you chose to yeah. be homeless. Yeah, exactly. He's like, ah, you, your parents loved you. And we were 13. You said, ah, Nirvana's cool. F- fuck my life. You read Sandman <laughs> and it changed your perception of everything. <laughs> I wrote a fan fiction that Kurt Cobain didn't shoot himself with a shotgun. Whoa. <laughs> uh, Bomb beats the shit out of him. And he beats him with a snappy-looking kneeling powerbomb for three. Yeah, that looked cool, by the way. Yeah. It, did, it did look pretty cool. That it's looked like it did. hurt. Pretty damn good power. Oh, it did. That guy looks like he weighs a buck fifty. Since tells us Jerry Lawler will be here next week with a special King's Court with Tiny Tim, and I'm like, who the fuck's Tiny Tim? From the Dickens novel. Yeah, Lisa but- may I have another. That's the only thing I could think of. And then I also thought, is it a midget wrestler? Like, because you can still see midget wrestlers back then. Is he doing a thing? Is he going to make fun of somebody? Is he going to dress him up like Bret Hart? I feel like that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I will say that the graphics spelled Tiny Tim with a Y, if I remember correctly. It was Tiny Tim, T-Y-M. He better be he better be dressed up as Bret Hart. Yeah, we're going to get a hornswoggle situation. Oh, wait, no, that's Jeff Hardy. Never mind. Uh, sorry. I I had my like bro- my brother's getting his ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> uh, gotta get the wiggle in. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, this met, uh, this show was good. It wasn't uh, as good. It was just still okay. Yeah. Not as good as last episode. I'll I'll say that. A lot of squash matches. Um, the head shrinkers look cool. Uh, they almost killed a guy. That's worth seeing. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed really hard during this this show. So, <laughs> I enjoyed myself. I can't I can't deny that. And Bobby Heenan brings up this uh, show as well. I'm gonna give the whole show a five point seven out of ten. Hey, that's what I gave it. Really? Nice. Yeah. I gave it five and three quarter chances. So yeah, we're, oh my God. we're all in the same same range. There. Oh my god. <laughs> uh well that that is the double raw episode. What do we have next time when we do get in some color, Zach? Let me bring up the I think, a, I think it's another raw and then Saturday night's back. Yeah. Now we're getting close to Beach Blast, right? Yeah, Beach Blast will be the the next episode after that one. Okay, pretty sure. I'm gonna check. I'm checking as well. Trying to go through my Google Docs. I'm there. It's just loading all these damn pictures. I'm kidding. I like the pictures. Making a calendar. It's fun. (laughs) Oh man, I should not be playing Trust the Fart. (laughs) Oh Oh, wait, (laughs) we have Beach Blast next. Oh, it is Beach Blast next. My bad. So it's Beach Blast and then Raw. Yeah. Now, are we going to do both or are we going to do Beach Blast on its own? 
No, we'll, we'll do both. Uh, it'll, okay, it might end up being good. a little longer, but Raws are short, so. Yeah, yeah that's, fine. No, that's fine. And usually when WCW does these, like, special, uh, wait, is this a pay-per-view? Yes. Oh, then yeah, never... yeah, Beach Blast is a pay-per-view. Never mind. Now. It's funny. We're, we're going straight into the pay-per-view. There's no more build. We got all our build. With the... That's why they got so much stuff in there now, now that I think about it. Remember when you say, like, why are they doing so much shit with Sting and Vader and Sid? That's why it was so ridiculous. It was That's why. Gap and then, bam, pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So it must have really not uh, had any time to record any more episodes back then. Man, we got... A long way to SummerSlam. Do we? Well, like another almost two months. Actually, no, never mind. It's, it's like mid oh, to no. end of August, right? Yeah, it's almost a month. I, well, uh, August 30th is when uh, SummerSlam is. So, yeah, so we got a month and a half, yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there is no, uh, there, there's not a Raw on the 23rd of next month either. Oh, yeah. Anyway, guys, I think that's where we'll end the episode, unless you guys have anything else you want to bring up before we close out the show. Uh, yeah, I did have one last thing to mention, because I didn't. we talked about all the AEW stuff, and I didn't mention the one thing that was in the show that relieved me so much. You brought it up briefly, and we forgot to talk about it. And then we brought up Count Chocula, and I have to mention it. <laughs> so uh, they did a little bit where Fuego de Sol got beat up by uh, the House of Black, and then some guy showed up in the ring. It was it sounded like Alex Eberhantes. He was dressed as Count Chocula, and he starts going off about, "Oh, we're gonna get you back," and all this. And then like the lights come up, and and Penta, they they make their way toward the ring, but then Penta's music comes on, and Penta comes out, and then uh, Pac's music hit, and Pac comes out with him, and everybody cheers because Pac's returned. And then Alex Eberhantes walks out, and he's in his like street clothes. He looks like he did before. You know, he was annoying then, but not not as bad in this whole cosplay shit. But he comes out and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, we we got you now. We're we're back together." And then and then, um, the person wearing all the Count Chocula shit takes their stuff off, and it's Ray Phoenix. And Ray Phoenix has the shovel, and he attacks the House of Black, and they they beat up House of Black, and they all do their thing. So Ray looks good moving around. So he's got his elbow taped up, but he he looks good. So doesn't look like it's bothering him too much. So. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just mostly glad that Count Chucky was dead. <laughs> it was pretty ridiculous. I don't know why the fuck they did that. Well, in the thing, he even tried to tie it into his promo about how the whole reason we did this was to make fun of you, to make you look how, make you realize how stupid you looked and how we were going to get you back. And it's like, man, I really hope that's what it was because if you were trying to be anything serious with that, it looked, it just looked really stupid. But uh, but yeah, that's that's where we're at. And and despite all of that, it didn't hurt Penta too much. People were still cheering Penta, and people were really happy when they were all together, and people were shouting Ciro Miedo again. Like, people were behind them, which is good, I guess. But, yeah. Death to Count Chocula made me happy. Yeah. We'll see what this feud does to whatever... uh, What the fuck is uh, their group? Black House, whatever? The the House of Black, yeah. House of Black. Uh, let's see what happens. Or calls the black fellas. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't. Let's see how Death Triangle go against the House of Black. Um, probably nowhere. Um, but you know, I'm pretty sure they'll put on a nice 
you know, high flying uh, uh, match. But I think we'll end it here, guys. Uh, remember Beach Blast and then another Raw, which is Raw July 19th of 1993, and Beach Blast is July 18th of 1993 for WCW. Uh, but we are going to end it here, guys. Remember to always get some color. See you guys. Stay on the mission to get some color. Yes. We're on a mission. On a mission. God.